All right, welcome everybody to episode 83 of the Art of Generation Collector Cast. And speaking of three, it's time to deal with Mass Effect 3. We've been promising it for a while. We are finally there, and we're ready to talk about uh, the greatest in the series. I'm sure everyone will agree, uh, Mass Effect 3. <laughs> but right before we came on, Bill's making a little Seinfeld joke. And I just want to start off by saying, I don't know if you guys caught it on Twitter. There's like a company that like did a pitch for a Seinfeld point-and-click game. They didn't get the license, but they like show like a little demo sizzle reel like they had put together, you know, for it. And it was good. I was like, I don't why didn't they get the deal? Because I would play I that game. That. I didn't see that. It was just it was like the other day. No, but like what year did they make the pitch? Like when the show was still No, I think, think like now. Like as recently. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's, showing it's all weird, the characters. It's weird they couldn't it's weird they couldn't get it because, you know, they're they're not opposed to licensing like oh, uh, the money, recent Bill. the recent Lego set. You know, uh, yeah. uh, just came out, so probably throw them a few. You know, give them a, a percentage of each uh, sale. I think that would uh, that game would sell. But like they go you know, like the character select and the like Jerry is the this and Elaine is this <laughs> and you know and then they get to Kramer like, but you can't play as Kramer because like no one plays with Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was it was kind of funny. Was it was it like pixel art or was it like yes, kind of like, like uh, a, okay. Think of like a thimbleweed park kind of look. Okay. okay. Kind of like something like that. So anyway. I'll have to look that up. I didn't see that. It was on Twitter. Yeah, it, was, it was kind of funny. Just like a quick little, you know, two minute sizzle reel kind of thing. Mm. Uh, I would play that though. So Seinfeld game. Let's make it happen. <laughs> um, other than that, well, we've got a lot to dig in with, too with Mass Effect. So we're going to roll right into what's up and what's new. So Bill, what's going on? Yeah, I am going to try to keep it brief because as I got through the end of Mass Effect 3, uh, I realized, like, man, how much content is here and how much to talk about. So I will try to keep the intro relatively short. Uh, so uh, once again, I'm still playing Destiny 2. Uh, Season of the Lost is in its fourth week, I want to say, uh, since uh, 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 since the, the season started. Uh, so I'm just doing like, my weekly challenges. Is that in the land? Oh, it's up. Is that in the land of the lost? Are there dinosaurs? No, no, no. <laughs> so the so the season of the lost. So it it focuses on Mara Sov, who's the uh, queen of the Awoken, um, and she's been missing for a long time. She was a big character in the original Destiny, and then in the Forsaken expansion, her brother Aldrin is actually the one who killed Cade, who was under the influence. Uh, of the Taken, um, and uh, he ends up, you know, getting resurrected, uh, and now he's the Crow. So there, there's, it's there's a there's a deep, deep, uh, you know, uh, lore going on with this uh, entire arc here. Does she but know? Yeah, so Mar- Does she know Quan Chi? She, yeah, <laughs> actually, you know, actually, they are. They're 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 uh, they're a thing. Spending personal time together. Okay. They're an item. Family, yeah. Family so. Yeah, so it's so it's um, but yeah, so Marasov is the queen of the Awoken, and she has in her chambers. She has um, uh, there's this revelation that you find out that Savathun, who's the the sister of Oryx, who is the Taken King from Destiny One, she's been impersonating Osiris since we've known him. So we thought we've been dealing with Osiris these past couple of years. It's been Savathun in his skin. So now she's revealed herself. She's having us kind of do some things for her because she she's trying to convince us that her sister is the real threat Zivorath. We already know that this is not the case because 
Savathun is the main villain in The Witch Queen that comes out in uh, February. So it's one of those things where, like, you know, when you go to see the Titanic, you know how it's going to end, but, like, you still go for the journey. <laughs> okay, okay, I just want to say, like, this is not my thing. I was going to leave it out. But, like, listening mm-hmm. to this reminds me of, like, when I was over at my friend's house and they were watching the Evangelion whatever show. Yeah, Neon. And I yep. just sat there the whole time, like, going, what the is this? Yeah. I, I normally don't get too deep into Destiny lore because I know I'm just kind of like throwing words out to, you know, like if, if you don't really follow the game, it's it doesn't mean anything. But for, for people in the game, like this is what the voice chat sounds like all the time for the guys that dig the lore. It's so, so good. I caught the, well, um, I caught Sabato in there somewhere, so we're, we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, so, so I'm just getting making my way through that. Um, so uh, I just try to get in and do my weekly challenges, um, uh, grab some pinnacle gear to kind of level the character up, get him ready for some higher level content. Uh, the seasonal activity is called Astral Alignment, which is actually pretty fun. It's kind of like a take on the blind well. And there's a solo uh, 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 event, or not event, uh, activity as well called the Shattered Realm, uh, which changes every week. And as you unlock new abilities, you can unlock new paths within it. So really, really cool. I like the direction they're going with the seasonal stuff, um, along with weekly story content. So lots of really cool stuff. Um, this is the longest season in their history because they delayed the Witch Queen till next year. So normally the seasons are like, you know, like a couple of months, you know, like two and a half, three months. So this season started a few weeks ago and it's over in February. So it's like, like you know, a good half year uh, for this season. Uh, so a lot of people are wondering what they're gonna kind of like fill that second half of the uh, of the of the season with. We know Bungie's releasing a uh, uh, anniversary pack in December, which is gonna have uh, a dungeon. Much to Kelsey's chagrin, it is a pirate-themed dungeon. Oh, <laughs> For some reason, they decided just to kind of make it like a meme dungeon. So it's it's actually uh, supposed to be like they've already come out saying it's a complete fan service meme thing just to kind of make people laugh and giggle and have a whole bunch of like inside jokes from the series in it. So looking forward to that. They're bringing Gallerhorn back, which I know is another word that no one knows who doesn't play the game, but it's an exotic rocket launcher that was like the weapon to have for a long time. Uh, and it was one of those things where if you were trying to join a group, okay, like don't even ask if you don't have Gallerhorn. <laughs> like, you, you need to have Gallerhorn. Basically, Gallenhorn was like a rocket that would like track the uh, the enemy, and then once it exploded, a whole bunch of like other rockets would spawn and like follow that <laughs> enemy like again. So it was like the most overpowered uh, thing ever. It was awesome, and uh, they they ended up bringing it back. They got rid of it in one. It was too powerful. They brought it back like later on, like as like hey, like you know, one final hurrah. It never has happened in Destiny Two. It's coming in uh, uh, in December, so. I'm guessing that they're going to be tweaking it, you know, to make sure it's not like too aggressively overpowered, more of like kind of like a, a salute to the old gun. Uh, so that'll be in December. But besides Destiny, well, actually, sorry, speaking of my last Destiny thing, speaking of Destiny, that 3D printer that our very good friend uh, Adam uh, hooked me up with or helped me get my hands on. I, start, I did a few test prints. I did a few little things here and there. And I said, well, okay, what's the first, you know, like bigger thing I'm going to do? like well i have to do a gun from destiny so what other gun to make besides the original fatebringer so i printed i started printing fatebringer i'm actually making two copies of it uh my brother-in-law doesn't listen to this show so i can say this i'm making one for him for christmas because uh, i just texted him randomly he doesn't play destiny anymore he plays like he's more of like a fifa guy i just randomly texted him and be like hey random question like what's your favorite gun in destiny like ever 
And it was like, uh, Fatebringer. I'm like, yeah, me too. So um, hopefully he'll really enjoy this uh, full-scale 3D printed model. Um, and once it's printed out, it's actually quite like you think it's going to be like the size of a handgun. It is not. It is a hand cannon. <laughs> so it is a, a good size prop. So hopefully it'll look nice. I'm going to paint it up and uh, put some effort into it and give it like a nice clear coat to, when it's all done. A gun that size. So it's uh, it's a bunch of pieces. So the uh, um, the uh, the the handle, the the stock, uh, whatever you call it, um, probably. Uh, and you can change this too. So like once you kind of get the piece set up, how you want it to print on your print bed, there's a whole bunch of options. Like, do you want it to have you know two uh, layers of wall on the outside? Do you want it to have four? Do you want it to have you know this on the bottom, this on the top? Do you want the infill percentage to be five percent? Do you want it to be seventy percent? You know, so there's a lot of diff- there's a lot of play there. So I ended up doing it with four wall, four um, layers on the walls because it looks the best to me after my test prints. And I did it with about twenty percent infill, uh, which is actually a little bit lighter than I'd like. So I might redo it a little bit higher. Anyway, to answer your question, the like each piece probably took between. Uh, maybe like a couple of hours for like the really small pieces up to like eight to 10 hours for some of the big pieces. So I did most of them uh, either overnight or just, I came downstairs and I started a print before I went to work. Um, Cause I don't have like remote access to it yet. I'm actually working on a little raspberry Pi project so that I can log into it remotely and send jobs to it. Um, but yeah, it probably, you know, within the first like week and a half, two weeks of having it, um, you know, after doing some test prints, that gun was finished. So I grab some five-minute epoxy. I'm gonna grab some uh, filler uh, spray primer that's sandable. It'll kind of like fill in like a lot of those like stripes that you see on, on a lot of 3D printing. The other thing you could do is spot putty and sand, but no one likes sanding anything, uh, and uh, that's ju- it's just more work. And this is supposed to be like a fun little hobby, not like you know a job. So. So yeah, I'm excited to have a, uh, a full-size Fatebringer uh, and uh, give one to my brother-in-law for Christmas. So it's a little project I'm working on. That'll make for some fun uh, Christmas pictures this year. Yeah, right? <laughs> With the sweaters and the yeah. <laughs> hand cannons. Uh, so yeah, so that'll be fun. And then so as far as playing, I started Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, so we will save our uh, comments for that for if we end up speaking about it on the show. Um, I started... What Remains of Edith Finch? And this was kind of like on a whim because I really don't want to play other things besides Andromeda, but I was in, you know, I was kind of in the bedroom and I went to play Mass Effect, but I hadn't downloaded it on that Xbox yet. So I was like, well, what other Game Pass game like is is on here? So I got Edith Finch real quick and I remember you had said you really liked it and uh, our good buddy Sean from the uh, Playcast uh, really, really likes it. Um, So I fired it up, I played it, uh, a couple times and I no spoilers but I got to a point in the game where you can tell what's going to happen There's and you have and, like and you have to cause what's going to happen and the thing is I like I like there's again no spoilers but there's a, a part in the game where you're swinging and you know what's going to happen and you're like, oh man, like this is rough. Like it's, you know, you, you hate, this is what happened, you know, like the, so you keep doing it. And then, you know, tragedy happens. And that's kind of the point of the game. It's all these tragic things that have happened to this family. And, uh, and like, you know, they, this perceived curse they have of like, why do people like always like, you know, in our family die like in weird ways. So, but it, it never kind of like hit me. And then there comes this point where it just changes gears to something that like I wouldn't expect it to like ever happen. It's, it's really, 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 you know, personally disturbing for me. So 
it, and I, anyone who's played the game, you know, they're already thinking about it. So I'm playing the game and I'm avoiding anything in that scene that could cause anything to happen just on the off chance that I have a, ch- uh, a choice. So and then like they kind of like make you feel a little bit better, like, oh, OK, everything's going to be fine now. But then a, a little while later, you realize, oh, no, everything's not going to be fine and I need to advance this scene. And you absolutely know what's going to happen. And I sat there for a couple minutes and I turned the game off. And I do not know if I will go back to it. So I know it's probably not interesting to hear if you don't know what I'm talking about. It's very vague, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It was probably the game that I had the hardest time emotionally going through. Not not probably. Definitely was. I I totally understand if you don't revisit it because it... It's hard to get through. It it has an f- amazing ending. It mm. is fantastic, and it's worth all the trauma to get there. Mm. But I, yeah, I don't no shade if you if you choose not to jump back into that because I, I totally get it. Yeah, so I I might I might do a little poking around um, and see you know if I can trigger that scene, walk away for you know fifteen minutes. Like I just don't know if I can you know make my way through it. I don't know how you know what they're gonna show, but. But yeah, I mean, it's really, really, really well done. Um, it's uh, uh, you know what I played of it so far is great, but yeah, it is a it is a rough emotional ride. Uh, and if, if you can stick you know through it, uh, you know, like Kelsey says, you'll get rewarded. But yeah, it is. It's not, not easy. like like woohoo, everyone's having high fives. They kind of roll. Yeah. It's just it's a good it's a it's a proper and. Oh, man, I don't even know how to talk about it, the ending of that game. It's mm. it's bittersweet, but it's it's good. All right, yeah. So I didn't mean to bring it down, so let's bring it back up. With uh, my kids have been playing a lot of Zelda lately, mm-hmm. uh, so it was my uh, middle son's birthday um, just uh, about a week and a half ago, and you know we asked him what he wants for his birthday. He's uh, he was turning uh, six, and um, and he says, "Daddy, I want all of the Zelda games." Uh, because he's been playing Breath of the Wild a lot lately, and he knows it's not the only one. And uh, so I was like, "All right, bud. Like, so let's let's start from the top. So Zelda One, we have on the NES Classic downstairs. I'll fire it up for you. We can have your own save slot. Like, you'll be good. And then, uh, and I, I skipped Link's Awakening, but I was like, then the the Super Nintendo one, we have on the Super Nintendo Classic. Um, and then I said, there's some other ones. There's Ocarina, there's Majora's Mask, and then there's like some of the ones you've been playing. So we got Skyward Sword. But I said, but if you're really trying to go back, I was like, right after the first one, there's Link's Awakening. And he was like, oh, yeah, like I want Link's Awakening. So we got him Link's Awakening for his birthday. Uh, my Did mom actually got, got him. The Switch one? Yes, the okay. Switch one. Yep. So I got him Link's Awakening on the Switch for his birthday. And my mom, like, she pinged me like right after that. She was like, we want to get Cameron a, Zel- a Zelda game. I'm like, oh, we already got him, like. The only, you know, like one we didn't have on the Switch, so uh, we we suggested um, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's uh, Fury. Nice. Uh, And they actually probably got a bigger reaction from opening that because they didn't expect it. So, like, my parents were happy because they feel like they win the birthday party. Like, because uh, they're, they're like, oh, I've wanted this for so long. And my mom's like, yes. <laughs> it's all you want at a kid's birthday. And I, I, I've told my kids. The worst thing you can say when you open a present is like, "Oh, I knew it. I knew it was going to be this." I'm like, don't, don't say that. Don't you know, <laughs> make people feel good. So, um, so yeah. So my, uh, my uh, uh, middle kid, uh, Cameron, even though we got him Link's Awakening, my older son's been playing Link's Awakening, 
because Cameron got the full hardcover guide to Breath of the Wild from my sister-in-law. Oh. And he's actually been like, so I looked at it and I'm like, man, it's like three-point font. It's I've like... I've got that guide, yeah. It is jam-packed and it's like whatever like the new revision for like the DLC is included and everything. So oh, it's cool. got a ton of great stuff because he's always asking us, it's like, Daddy, uh, look up on your phone how to get Va Meadow to, you know, like just any number of things, how to get this shrine, how to do this, how to do this. So my sister-in-law very smartly thought, well, I'll just get him the guidebook. He doesn't have a phone or, you know, abuse a computer that much. And it's amazing seeing him like flip through the guide and like open up the maps. Like, Daddy, there's a shrine that you don't have. <laughs> I'm like, go for it, dude. <laughs> so he's enjoying Breath of the Wild. Uh, my uh, older son is enjoying uh, Link's Awakening on the Switch. And uh, I'm sure we will get around to playing some of the classics uh, now that Zelda's firmly on their radar. Yeah, if they like Link's Awakening, like Link to the Past is a no-brainer then. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then from there, we could probably... Because uh, uh, we have we don't have a 3DS anymore. We have a 2DS. Uh, and my, my oldest son kind of like found it recently. He was playing one of the Yoshi games on it. And one of the Pokemon games we have, was it like Ultra Moon or something like that? Yeah. And... Um, uh, I was like, yeah, like we might get rid of it because like you guys each have the Switch now. He's like, no, like there's there's good games in there. Let's keep it. So then Smart that got boy. me thinking. Well, there's also the Zelda, uh, yeah, games on the uh, on the DS. Majora, Link Between Worlds. Yeah, Between Worlds. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that that might stick around. Um, so uh, and then other than that, um, I've got a few things on my like want to playlist that have already come out. Like the Ascent is out, and a friend of mine is asking me to play that. Twelve minutes, uh, I believe, came out, but I'm really trying to commit to finishing Andromeda because I do feel guilty about holding up the Mass Effect process. So I'm going to stick with Andromeda before I go to any other title. And uh, yeah, so that's what I'm going to be working on is Mass Effect, and uh, that's kind of what's been going on with me. And a little bit of TV, uh, not much, because we're trying to get ready for uh, Shocktoberfest, uh, which we haven't done in a couple of years. I told my wife, I was like, I really actually want to do it this year, get like a whole bunch of horror movies lined up and, and do a bunch of that in October. So we're uh, we're doing our research. We're trying to plan that. Uh, seems like Rich has already started, but, but well, he never really stops. It's just round, always, yeah. yeah, it's in the horror movie mode. So, uh, so yeah, and that's what's going on. Uh, we started um, uh, the morning show. Uh, and it started off strong. I don't know if I'll stay with it because it's just melodrama. Um, but Sarah likes that stuff, so maybe she'll stick with it. Awesome. Very good. Well, uh, what's happening in the Great White North, Kelsey? <laughs> so I forgot to talk about it on the show last time, but I got a free 44-inch CRT um, from someone I know through someone else, and he just, like, he was looking for a home for it and i told him i wanted it and he's called oh, you gave me this gave me some old vic 20 stuff like eight years ago and i'm like okay if you say i did like i don't remember that and he's like yeah it was awesome it's great i love it I still have it he's like just come pick up the tv it won't charge you anything so went and picked up this tv and it is amazing it is the biggest crt i've ever handled personally and i had my neighbor over a couple days ago to give it a kind of test run so we hooked the saturn up to it and we played some Guardian Heroes, some Die Hard Arcade, and some X-Men Children of the Atom for a couple hours. Went through those three games. Um, and then he brought over his Series X because he wanted to show me Hades. So we hooked up his Series X, and so it was my first time with the Series X. And we played a couple runs through Hades, and it's another roguelike that I think I really like. I think I might try and pick that one up because it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, like, I played Transistor... 
and and I liked it, but I didn't love it. So I wasn't sure if I was gonna like Hades. Uh, by is it Super Massive Games or Super Giant? Super Giant. Super, super something. Yeah, Super Giant. Yep. Uh, so it's a lot faster and it's gorgeous and it was fun to play. So I, I think I could sink some time into that. So I might pick that up when I'm done. Uh, done some NES stuff. Yeah, we um, have we had very similar experiences with uh, you and me with Transistor in '80s. Like you know, kind of like you know, I'm I'm into it. I like you know where they were going. Music's cool, but like you know, I, I just couldn't yeah. get into the way that they wanted you to like constantly change builds and use something as a primary, or it could be a secondary, or it could be this. And like, I don't know. I just like I would rather just like the way Bastion was like, okay, this is my weapon and then just go, you know? So, uh, but yeah, Hades, I know I talked about it a couple shows ago, but everything about that game, like hit me exactly the right way. Like the music, yeah. the, like all of the iconography, all of the, the text, all of the lore. And then like after a few runs, it's like, Oh, there's this whole new mechanic that they like, were just waiting to teach you. So they didn't like overwhelm you too much. And, uh, you're still finding new stuff. 10 runs in. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I just from the like two runs that I experienced, like just fantastic. Yep. I can't wait to get more. Great. Um, I keep saying this, but I still haven't beat Digital Devil Saga with my buddy. <laughs> we keep getting together. <laughs> I like. I'm pretty positive tomorrow we're gonna finally beat it. Even though I've said that the last like three or four Sundays now. Will you level up without? each other there like just to like gain levels or you'll only play it with each other we only really play it with each other okay. uh, yeah it's very rare like there when we played nocturne i think is the only example i can think of is where he's just like he texted me one day he's like i have like three hours he's like do you mind if i just grind and infuse some demons and i was like no i'll go for it but mm. typically yeah we only play when when we're both in the room okay um so maybe next week finish off digital devil uh, but I, I'm really close to the end of Shimigami Tensei 4 Apocalypse. And I know that because I am level 99 and it won't let me go up any more levels. <laughs> and there's still a little bit of game to be had. So there can't be that much more. Uh, I, I've, I've never 99'd a game outside of Final Fantasy 9, I think. Uh, really? You didn't, you didn't 99 7? That was, that was maybe the nope. first game I 99'd. Nope. I, I just. Uh, got high enough to beat the omega weapons and then i okay. uh, was happy enough with that um but yeah so level 99 and there's still like if it kept me going like i think i'd be 110 by the time i finish this game which is really weird because most shimagami games you get pretty high levels like you get into the around 80 um mm. so I, as soon as i hit 80 i'm like okay we're coming up on the ending but it just kept prolonging it and i've been doing every side quest uh, so I think I've got two side quests left, and I just found a like optional, like challenge dungeon. So I just dabbled in that a little bit. I don't think I'm gonna go through the whole challenge dungeon, but I'll clean up the last two or three side quests I'm missing, and then uh, finish that off, probably by next week. Um, I've been popping into Returnal every now and then when I've got a couple hours to do a run, and I'm still really enjoying that. And there's still a third ending. I need to unlock um, and I'm really loving the story in that game so I'm, I'm pretty curious to see uh, what else it has in the in the final ending mm. I might try and platinum it we'll see I got like five more trophies I think on it um, and then as for NES um, been kind of all over the place uh, borrowed uh, engineer Mike uh, he lent me the pieces for stack up so that I could play that with Rob. So I busted him out one night. And Stack Up's not as interesting as Gyromite 
um, it's really cool operating those gyros and like trying to keep them up for a certain amount of time. Stack up, you're just playing like memory games and moving colored bricks around. Um, I beat Pirates, which I kept putting off and putting off and putting <laughs> off just because it was Pirates and no other reason. It turned out it was fine. It wasn't that bad. There is, uh, there is not any uh, content that made you feel dirty about like having to do it or... I'm sure it would have if it was on a more modern console, but because it's the NES, you have to leave all that stuff to your imagination. So. Mm. I, don't, I don't think you're saying the title correctly. Try again. Pirates! <laughs> or are you talking Sid Meier's Pirates? <laughs> Punctuation is present, man. You gotta use it. Got it. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, so yeah, like I played Uncharted Waters not long ago, and this was more pleasant because like they, I liked Uncharted Waters at first, and then it just kept dragging on, whereas this game kind of knew now's a good time to end it um mm. so you you can try and uh there's no real ending you can retire anytime you want mm. and finish the game you can literally start the game win a sword fight to like take control of the first ship and then retire if you want and that can be <laughs> the end of pirates uh so i i tried to do all the objectives they give you so i, I got a wife i got the best uh, title you can get from uh one of the countries that you can you can work for supreme uh, allied commander no, it was Duke. I am Ooh. Duke, Duke of England. That I mean, that's that is, that's a title. That is, that is the best title. <laughs> um, and you can get information on where your lost family members are, and then when you find a lost family member, uh, which it's it's not as easy as it sounds because you it's like this Spanish lord has you know knows where your family is, and you go talk to him, he's got a quarter of a map. So if you recognize the place on the map, which I don't know how the heck you would uh, recognize it, you can just go find them from that. But I had to find all four pieces of the map to get a family member. And then when you find that family member, they're like, hey, I have a quarter of a map to an Incan treasure. So then you have to find four more pieces of a map to get another family member to get another quarter of that Incan treasure. And then four more to get a family member, another Incan treasure. So eventually did all that too. And then retired happily. Uh, I didn't get the best score you can but i got a pretty good score so i was happy with that how puffy was your shirt uh, it was the most puffy <laughs> it, yeah it would have been in that uh that point and click game you're talking about for sure yeah but in fairness to him uh, he didn't understand the woman who asked him to wear it <laughs> when she was asking so That's true. Um, her name was mulva something like that <laughs> yeah um i played through the most ridiculous name maybe on any nes game the jack nicholas's major championship golf 18 greatest holes um and it's a they, they went to the square enix school of naming games yeah yeah it's the, the like progenitor of that 385 over two um it is weird because they like every before every shot it like renders the level so you like watch it like slowly 3d printing your your fairway and your trees and your tea area and the green so it, it takes a while to like it, it looks cool the first time and only the first time it happens and then after that it's just slow you're just waiting to play <laughs> while it's loading up this screen in front of you and it does it for every shot and if you turn too much it does it and next player it has to do it so kind of slows the game down what should be like 10 minutes for like 18 holes turns out to be like 45 minutes the next version had the super fx chip it, it kind of looks like a that 
what like that's what they were going for but right obviously the NES that's what they wanted yeah there. yeah um and lastly and most exciting to me and nobody else is <laughs> i finished championship pool which has been a thorn in my side for literal years now that I haven't been able to finish that game. And wow. this is the third time I've sat down to put in like a really good effort to finally finish it. I was finally able to finish this stupid game. Mm. <laughs> and the, the reason champion. is, yeah. And the reason it is so hard is because it gives you this like ghost ball that like shows you where your, uh, your ball should be going. Uh, but it gives you like a potential ghost ball. Like it could go here but it could go anywhere. So mm. you watch like 10, 11, 12. I watched 20 ghost balls go into a pocket and then did my shot and it missed completely. Like it was like <laughs> 20 degrees off from where I was shooting, like yeah. not even close. Uh, so, so no matter when, what you do, there's like a, just a random chance that you could yeah. lose because it just chose to do a shot that was not what you wanted. So when you're aiming that ghost, because like just just in comparison, I never played championship, but like let's say like outlaw golf, when you aim your shot and you put like your ghost ball on like the fairway or whatever, it it's like okay, like this is the shot if you hit it at like you know like 68 percent. So can you change like the intensity of like how you plan to hit it, or does it tell you like oh you're aiming for like 50 percent you know like intensity so or you you set everything up before you hit A, which shoots the shot. So you set your spins gotcha. up, you set your power up. Oh um, man! Yeah, everything, so and then it's like, here's what that's gonna look like, maybe, <laughs> and then you just hit A when you want it so, to launch, and just oh, so there's no the additional rest. dexterity or two. No. We're like, yeah, oh man! So you set it up, frustration and city. Think this is what should be <laughs> happening, and then so if that wasn't bad enough, the last three people that you play against, and you have to win four matches before they win four matches. So the first two aren't too bad, but the next three that you have to win. Um, if you screw up and there are, I was playing nine ball just so there were less balls on the table than a, than a typical pool game. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you screw up and there are seven or less balls on the table, they will just clear the table no matter what. Like You cannot make a mistake or you will lose. So sometimes you just get a terrible, terrible break and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I, I can't really salvage this. So I, I'm just gonna have to eat this round and hope I win the next one. Mm. And so there were, there were lots of runs over the years where I'd get to the second or the final person and just it would have that weird bounce or a bad break mm. and you just cannot recover from it because they don't give you a chance. They're just like, we cleared the table, try again. Mm. So I'm so glad that game is done. It is definitely one of the hardest NES games I've had to deal with and I'm happy it's behind me. Which uh, means I'm down to nine games left to beat on the system. I'm down to single digits now, which feels really weird. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah, super proud of you. Yeah, I can like hold the whole library that I haven't beaten in one hand. Wow! I don't know if I could hold. I don't know if I could hold nine NES games in this <laughs> little paw. No. Well, you don't have to like shack them. You could stack them up, right? Oh yeah, yeah. If I'm if I'm just yeah, carrying them just like, like a like server a would idea. carry a pizza. <laughs> yes, then I could do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's 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 huge, man. Oh, I'm excited for that to be over, and I'm still plugging away at Miracle Piano. I finished the 32nd lesson recently and started on the 33rd. But they keep getting how many longer? How many? 36. 36. 36. Okay. Yeah. So on my fourth last lesson for that. Very good. Well, is that everything for you? That's everything for me. 
So I, I didn't want to interrupt you too many times, uh, so I held this until the end. Um, did you happen to see the uh, the GeForce uh, leak uh, just recently, like maybe oh, like a the, few days the ago? Square remakes that are being rumored. Yeah. 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 So Dude. I mean, obviously nothing's real until it's real, but I thought yeah, that uh, the. Uh... So I'm holding judgment because there's there's ways they could remake Final Fantasy IX where I would be like, this is awesome. I love it, mm-hmm. and there's ways where they can remake it where I'm like, oh my god, what are you doing? So I just yeah. wait and see, and see what happens, <laughs> sure. and I'm hoping for the best. Yep. And, like, I haven't played Chrono Cross for a long time either. That, that'd be a cool one if they remade that one in an interesting way. I, I could see myself going through that again, too. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, and they've, they've definitely made very good remake decisions and very not great remake decisions so i'm I'm with you i could see it going either way where i'm like oh i'm totally interested or like oh not for me and just keep moving on but uh i thought it was interesting that 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 nine remake was uh was in the uh in that uh that database leak there are you excited for uh zidane's uh cup of noodles hat (laughs) (laughs) is that is that the the synergy download between uh for final fantasy 15 windows edition Square, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we'll go, I'll roll into my stuff here. I, I don't think I've got uh, as much, but um, as far as games, I'm with Bill. I've been playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, continue just really to play multiplayer because I kind of want to give everybody a chance to get going because I've played through it before, but it's been like four years ago, so you know, obviously, it's not fresh in my mind, but. Um, since I'm doing a new game plus, I imagine, you know, I'll probably steamroll through any of the combat that's there. Um, so I'll, I'll probably start queuing up. But we're going to start talking about that, I think, offline. You know, kind of what, what that looks like for us and what we're planning. But I'm still having fun with the with the multiplayer. It's um, pretty easy just to pick up and play. You know, rounds are 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, yeah, just a good little time filler. Um uh, just a couple pickups, cheap things that I saw Walmart, uh, not Walmart, but Amazon, you know, like every once in a while you see the deals like, hey, this thing is this price and it's low stock. But uh, they had Final Fantasy XII uh, on Xbox One. I think it was like $10. Um, and then the World of Final Fantasy Maxima or whatever it's called, it was like $5. And so wow. I'm like, Sure. I mean, you know, I don't even know. <laughs> Why not, right? These are games. They, at this point right. in time, they get to be so cheap. You're like, I mean, I've got Prime. It's free shipping. Who gives a crap, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I picked those up. Um, my middle daughter, uh, Maddie, has been really into Rhythm Heaven Fever. Uh, so I've, I've been playing that a little bit with her. Um I don't know why, like, Wii games are a thing for her. Like, uh, she wants to get Punch-Out Wii. And cool. so, like, it's not... Does she also want to get a balance board to play it on? Uh, we have a balance board, so don't worry. Oh, sweet. Uh, but, like, Rhythm Heaven Fever was not cheap, so uh, the Wii U eShop yeah. is still up. So we, you know, she paid to buy that. I think like 20 bucks. On. Wait, I was just going to ask what it is on the shop. Because, yeah, I think it's what, like 70, 80 bucks. Yeah, for physical it's copy pretty there. expensive. So, um, yeah, eShop's still up. So we bought it for that. And um, probably going to be the same thing with Punch Out. That's like $35, $40 used, but 20 bucks on the eShop. And it's per money. So, you know, 
whatever she wants to do. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been. I've never played a Rhythm Heaven game before, so uh, hmm. it's been interesting kind of playing through that. It's, it's very wacky. Yeah, it's very. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like mini games, silly, kind of like a WarioWare meets a Rhythm game kind of thing. I was gonna say it always had that aesthetic to me. Like I've never played it either, but just looking at it, that's what it, it looks like. Yeah, like imagine like a WarioWare, but not without without the crude Wario humor and hmm. with music and and beats and things so anyway yeah real simple quick and easy to play sort of thing um i have you know i usually i don't watch a lot of tv but for whatever reason i just was sitting a few nights and i'm like i want to watch some movies and i made some interesting choices and maybe some not so great choices but uh (laughs) i was telling these guys uh i watched the tomorrow war which I believe is an Amazon Prime like exclusive thing. Oh, the the Pratt did. movie. Yes, the Chris Pratt yeah. movie. And uh, man, that's that's kind of a stinker. I'll be honest, it's kind of a stinker. Um, I like I, I like sci-fi, you know. So I'm like, how bad? It's a sci-fi movie, right? Can't be that bad. Um, I watched the whole thing, so if that tells you anything, but like the story, <laughs> yeah. man, like the do do, do you off, do you often confirmed. Yeah, do you often bail on on movies if you don't like them, or you normally make it your way through? I have no problem bailing on a movie, which will okay. lead me into a one in a minute. But um, yeah, I. But you know, it was like enough. Just go like, well, crap, I'm already here. You know, let's just let's just ride <laughs> it out. I'm not doing anything else. But um, you know, I would I wouldn't recommend it. Don't waste your time mm. with Tomorrow War. The premise is pretty dumb, to be honest. It's just it doesn't. It, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Some, somebody like it was like you know boy's first script or something i mean you know it's like somebody <laughs> somebody uh, like oh you know if you're writing a script the yeah. play should have three acts and this is how it should go and they were like but, oh but you know okay, what's, cool i can do that but you know what's kind of cool is like there, there's something to be said about like that like uh I, I can't think of the word but like that that movie that happens that like everybody watches like literally everybody and like you're able to talk about it with like you know everyone the next day like and it's just it's not doesn't always mean it's a good movie but i remember that like one weekend or two weekends that like everyone in my universe watched bird box with sandra bullock and like that week at work like everyone could talk about the funny or the ridiculous so like i remember seeing being bombarded with tomorrow war stuff and it was like oh reviews are good reviews are good reviews can be purchased so (laughs) start looking around amazon reviews right exactly yeah but joe amazon loved (laughs) this movie Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, Definitely so, not yeah. Jeff Bezos. Five stars. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Beth Zezos. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess if you're bored and you want a sci-fi mm. movie, it, but trust me, it's not great. Um, we, we, should, we should do a segment where we recommend uh, something every show. Like, just, just like pick a genre, be like, all right, good sci-fi, go. And uh, we'll just get like a good list for people. Oh yeah, well, I, could I watched Edge of Tomorrow this last week, and that's good sci-fi. Love it. I would agree. Uh, okay, I would agree. And and if I could piggyback off that real quick, sticking with the uh, Tom Cruise uh, theme, uh, Tom Cruise makes a lot of good sci-fi. Oblivion is really really yeah, good if you haven't seen it. Really good. What's not good? So, Vanilla Sky. 
Okay, so let's keep going. Oh, come on. Get out of here. <laughs> let's keep going. Uh, up next in the movie department was, was the best one. This is the best one that I watched. I don't know if I would say it's like tops, but I watched No Sudden Moves, uh, which was on HBO, and it's like, uh, it has uh, Del Toro and uh, Don Cheadle. Mm. I mean, it's got a big cast, like Brendan Fraser. It's got a big, like, star cast. Um, like, lots of... They paid lots of money to get these people into this film. Mm. And it's set up in, like, the... Um, like, the fifth... Like, the four... Well, I guess it's the late 40s. And it's, uh, like, a, a, cr- a crime movie, right? Mm. Um, but... Uh, it just goes too long. Like, it goes too long. It really should have just wrapped up. And it's, like, the places it goes, you're just like, I, you didn't really need to go here. And, like, some of the parts of the plot, don't you don't really understand real well what's happening. And this was your favorite movie you watched yeah, this week? Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't this week. last few weeks. Unless it's the last show. Um, but I would say it's... Due to the acting and the 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 cinematography was great. So if you want to enjoy some really great acting, highly recommended. Plot, yeah, maybe you'll like it more than I did. Um, but it overstays its welcome, goes in some weird directions, way too convoluted for its own for its own good. Gotcha. And, and, and that, that's an experience I have a lot where like, I'll sit down. I'm like, okay, I have some time. Sarah's decided she's going to go read or go to bed. The kids are down. I don't want to play a game right now. I just want to relax. I have a really hard time finding things to watch. So I'm always trying to get recommendations because like, you don't want to waste your two hours on something. So I'm, I'm always looking for stuff where someone says like, Hey, watch this. It's really good because man nothing's worse than like just you know spending two or three hours and be like oh like tell me this gets better so you know what's worse apparently there's a movie that that uh bruce willis did called breach and i'd never okay. heard of this movie it came out last year you ever hear of it okay never heard of has it. has anybody ever heard of it the answer is no and do you want to know why because it's like somebody shot it on a camcorder I don't understand how they got Bruce Willis to star <laughs> in this movie. I This is one I bailed on. I watched like 20 minutes mm. of this movie, and I'm like, I'm it, out. Maybe it was filmed on a camcorder. Does he know he's in this movie? <laughs> I, think, I think maybe it's like that. Like, they just got him walking through a store, and they, like, digitized a hat and a gun in his hand or something. <laughs> but it's another sci-fi movie, because I'm usually like, sci-fi, okay. Mm. If it's yeah. okay, I'm in. It was not okay. Yeah. I was like, really, yeah. like, I don't understand. You trust me. Maybe for fun, watch the first ten minutes just to go. Wow, mm. this movie had no budget, like mm. no budget. But somehow Bruce Willis is in it. Uh, I, so, was there so, like some so contractual you, thing he got stuck in? I don't know. Yeah, he's he's had you know because people think of him and remember him for like the big great stuff he's done like but people don't realize he's kind of been like a straight to video guy for like a little while now i think since looper uh like that was like one of the last like bigger you know like you know things that he was in after looper or before which which one oh red i I couldn't i couldn't say i remember red one to be honest i didn't know there was a red two yeah i think red two had to be after looper Mm. i think so too yeah so, so since you like sci-fi, 
can I give you what I, what I would say is a, a I think it's a great movie. It's one of these movies that's reviewed in the middle, so it's probably like a little bit uh, divisive. Um, have you seen The Vast of Night? No, I've never heard of it. I've even heard of it. So The Vast of Night is an Amazon, uh, I think it's, it's labeled as an Amazon original, and just a little bit of the backstory of this uh, movie, it was made, you know, like, lo- like low budget, you know, by a small team, small crew of people, and they pitched this thing to like, every single uh uh like uh, uh film festival under the sun and was rejected by like every film festival under the sun i forget which film festival like finally like gave it a shot uh but it was like one of the bigger ones and it won like the the grand prize of that film festival and then got on amazon's radar amazon picked it up and now it's on amazon prime we watched this like on a whim uh and it's um very very uh brief no spoilers it's like a little twilight zoney it's in uh the 50s it's on a night in new mexico a young switchboard operator and a radio dj discover a strange audio frequency and that's all i'll tell you and it's it's very much a slow burn it's very much like I, I don't think it's single take but there are long stretches with a lot of dialogue with no cuts in them and it's it's just really 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 good and just from the way it ends i I know that there are going to be people who are like oh my god that's so cool like me and also people that are like oh that's so dumb that that's what it was but at the same time oh i i really really love this movie so uh if you're you know willing to go through a little bit of a slow burn with some really really good smart dialogue uh give the vast of night a try was it shot on someone's phone uh, I don't believe in the 50s <laughs> they had that technology, so uh, it, it looks like it's filmed with filming equipment. Okay. It looks like then they have tripods. Then it's above and, breach uh, already. It's already yep. got breach beat. Um, the last sci-fi-ish movie that I watched, I don't know why, again, these are the kind of movies I like, so uh, my wife wanted to watch this one because she likes Hugh Jackman. Um, so we watched Reminiscence, which is like the latest Hugh Jackman flick. Yep. And uh, the conceit of this is uh, it's in the future, uh, probably like 100, 150 years, something like that. Um, it's set in Miami and the, of course, you know, climate changes happen. So uh, Miami is flooded, but it's most now it's like Venice, right? Everybody gets in between the buildings with boats. So uh, anyway, that's not really the important part. That's just the setting. And... Uh, <clears throat> Hugh Jackman runs this business where they basically have this thing they can put on your brain and they give you this in medication and it makes you relive your memories like certain you can go back and relive memories in your life like exactly like being there again right and uh and then of course there's a twist that comes in and it ends up almost being kind of like a a thriller um okay you know because uh i don't want to give anything away i kind of wanted to like it more than i did mm. um it's got some interesting premises but like some of the decisions the characters make you're like eh. so uh anyway uh, eh. Yeah, I I saw that one and I was like, oh, Hugh Jackman, like, let me see if I hear any, you know, kind of like 
uh, you know, stuff about it at the water cooler type stuff. And like, I, I didn't, I didn't really, I haven't watched it yet. Um, but I'd be willing to, cause I also like you Jackman. So, I mean, it was, the film itself was well done. It's just really, if it, if the plot takes with you or not. And for me, it mm. was kind of like, uh, I don't really, I don't really dig this. Um, so yeah, so enough of me r- complaining about movies. Apparently, I mean, I really tried hard to find something cool to watch. Um, but up for me, uh, beyond that, Rich will have to pay attention. to Survivor is coming back, so I know Rich watches Survivor too. So if he hears this, hey, it's finally coming back. Starts next week. I'm ready to get back. I watched some schlock. Uh, there's some garbage I watch on TV and. And uh, Survivor and Big Brother are my two garbage shows, and uh, I, I'm <laughs> proud to stand on the and die on that hill. Uh, they're cool. they're total trash, but I watch them. I have watched all of them forever for like 20 years. And uh, last but not least, uh, at some point when we were recording a show before Bill had t- tipped me off about a Superman OST vinyl, and it finally arrived, and I've been playing it, and it's awesome. It's exactly Did what it should you, be. I thought you brought that up last show. Did I? Yeah, it's we talked like about the Avengers weeks. theme, like because you were saying kids don't recognize superhero themes these days. And... Maybe I talked about ordering. Was it there? I... Okay, if I did, then I'm old and I'm senile. So, <laughs> yeah. I remember These chatting about that. Yeah, I remember chatting about that, but I thought it might have been after we were done recording. I don't know. I don't someone know. will, someone will tell it's us. It's okay. It's all right. Speaking of. Uh, uh, faulty memories. Let's get right into our main topic with Mass Effect Three because <laughs> apparently a lot of people in Mass Effect Three have faulty memories. And uh, so uh, we've got an outline of this. Uh, 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 we go should go without saying that this is complete spoiler territory. Uh, we're not going to pull any punches. If you haven't finished the story and you don't want to know things, now would be the time to stop the show. Come back later. We're gonna we're gonna trudge through the whole doggone thing. So. Um, We've been spending our time going through the series. This is obviously the culmination of Shepard's story. And uh, I've given you plenty of time now to stop your phone. I've tried to talk <laughs> long enough to where you'll have no problem getting to it and turning it off. So that's long enough. Spoiler territory ahead. So uh, getting into it, where we last left Shepard was uh, the collector base, right? The collectors were coming to, you know, usher in uh, the Reapers and... Uh, and they, Shepard had to go on the suicide mission to the collector base and then either destroy the collector base or keep the collector base, uh, depending on which way you went with it. And, and that's kind of where we left off. And uh, just as a quick up to speed, we'll do a quick round robin just to remind people. Um, I kept the collector base and I gave it to Cerberus. How about you, Bill? I destroyed the collector base because I do not trust Martin Sheen. Understandable. And Kelsey, I don't have to ask you. I know you destroyed the collector base because you're way too goody two shoes to do anything. I at kept all the bad. collector base. Wait, what? I I did the same as you. <laughs> Wait, what? Because I felt that having information was better than not having information, even if it was with those crappy uh, Cerberus. Well, here's the good news: it yeah. doesn't really matter. So, we, yeah. we we talked we talked about this right when we talked about the Superman vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so this is the thing uh, where we catch back up with Shepard. Uh, Shepard is on Earth, and uh, apparently uh, getting a hard slap on the wrists for joining a terrorist group 
and saving the universe. I guess they that saving the universe part, they're going to like take it easy on him. But they want to like keep an eye on Shepard cuz you know, that whole Cerberus thing. We're going to we're going to watch you for a minute. But would you know it, like chaos strikes and now the reapers are here. Just like Shepard told everybody they would be, and uh, like everything's getting destroyed, like instantly. And and guess what? Guess who we need to save the day? Thank goodness Shepard is around. <laughs> so they go. You know what? Forget about all that server stuff and, that you and just Anderson. did. And Anderson's there. Yeah. You know, Anderson is just that guiding voice. He doesn't really do anything, does he? I mean, he leads Shepard like through a run at the beginning like through a, tu- yeah, through a tutorial yes basically like this is how cover and, and, works. And then, humanity and then, alive while you're out running around the galaxy did he right though? then he kind then then he kind of like heads up the earth forces or is like one of the main like earth generals like the entire time you're out there he takes a lot of phone calls from you he and does. you know yeah. sa- says he's doing like some fighting but yeah he's uh <laughs> he's, he's, he's keeping he, earth he, safe for you while you're off yep. gallivanting around the world yep. solving menial problems on other planets yeah. and, and and it is it i will say it is one of my favorite set pieces uh in the game when you know like the reapers like show up uh, at earth and it's like oh, there's a moment we've been waiting for and like the desk like flies across the room and you gotta kind of escape and you and uh, anderson are kind of escaping and like all the ships are you know landing and then it is a surprise at least to me when you know you can finally get to the ship and anderson's like I'm staying here. And you're like, no, dude, you got to come with me. He's like, no, like you got to go. And like, it really was a cool kind of separation because at that moment I was like, Anderson's going to die in five minutes. <laughs> like that's what's going to happen. And it doesn't work out that way. Um, but uh, that's also when we see the, uh, uh, the child. And I don't mean the one from the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, um, you know, as Shepard is escaping in his ship, there's destruction and reapers are just annihilating everything. And, uh, like, as he's running out, like, there's this child, this kid that he sees, and he's trying to help the kid, like, hey, get out of here, whatever, but the kid, like, goes into, like, a vent, right? It's like, I'm not coming out of here. And so it's like, oh, Shepard, we gotta go! You know, so, you know, the kid's gone. And then he sees the kid, like, die. I mean, you don't, like, literally yeah. see it, but basically you understand right. the kid's dead, right? Destroyed uh, in the Reaper uh, invasion. Doesn't the kid get on a ship to leave, and then you see the ship yep. just explode? Well, yeah, yeah like he, a reaper like right. beam destroys right. he, it. Yeah, yeah. He, he, the, the kid boards a shuttle, and then you see the shuttle like, take off, and I then, then the reaper, yeah, then, yeah, yeah, then the reaper like hits it, and then it goes back to Shepard, and Shepard's actually got that like face on, like oh, and like as much as people kind of like you know like poke fun at like this uh, uh, this this trope in this in this game, I really do feel like in the first two games, it's like listen, you know, like it, we could lose all life in like the galaxy. And I don't really feel like we've, like, hit, you know, like, that personal level with, like, that scope yet. So, like, this is the first time in, like, all, the whole series where, like, it really kind of nails home, like, you know, like, how, how fragile, like, all the life is and how, like, everyone will be killed. And uh, it kind of slows that down with, like, the piano music. And uh, uh, it was a really, really cool emotional beginning uh, to kind of, like, that, this final chapter. I really, really have always loved this, uh, uh, this piece of the story. But can we take a right. minute to talk about the hokiness of, like, Shepard's going to talk in front of, like, these council people or whatever it is about the Reapers and what happened and everything, and then suddenly the Reapers attack and kill all of them, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and it's, it's, I, and I know, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, 
behind vision and everything but like i hate i've hated the council since like my first playthrough <laughs> i killed them so like so, yeah. whenever they they gave me it to like oh like what do we do like they're like well, we have two choices we can sacrifice the council or sacrifice the council you haven't heard the second choice yet i don't want to know the second choice get rid of them can right? i hang up so, on them again yeah right <laughs> which i gotta mention like i hung up on them constantly in the first one and it's funny, like in three, Joker makes uh, a joke about me wanting to hang up on them again. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, yes, all right, continuity. Yeah. Very good, but but yeah, it's it's I'm I'm so, and I don't mean to be you know dismissive, but like I'm so eye rolly when it comes to anything with the council. Like I just feel like I'm trying, I'm constantly. It's the same thing every single time I talk to him. Uh, hey guys, like you know, I've never, I've never given you reason not to trust me. I'm telling you, this is happening. Well, how can we trust him? He's a human, and then like everything happens exactly the way that we say. So you know, don't I, don't I, worry, Udina's got it all under control. So uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, foreshadowing there. <laughs> so we have to go to Mars uh, because Liara is on Mars and she's found something. Right? So we have to go find the MacGuffin that will save the story uh, from the Reapers. Um, so we go to to Mars and uh, you know, like there's some fights with Cerberus, because like Cerberus now uh, you know, is against you. Um, you know, now you, you have to fight and kill Cerberus. And it's funny, like you were just working with these guys five minutes ago, but now yeah. like every chance you get like, oh, I love killing Cerberus people. And and to be fair, in my game, I destroyed the collector base, so I would assume that Marty Sheen is like, "Yo, this guy is on our S list right now. Like, if you see him, like Ixnay on the Epperche." <laughs> um, so like in like my you know kind of story world, it makes sense in my head why they're against me. So um, you know, I guess there's probably not a lot exciting to say about this mission other than you go to Liara and she's found some Prothean information, right, about um, it. And that's where, is that where they find out about the the Crucible? Or does that happen later? Is this the thing that, like, leads them to that? I think it leads them to it. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to remember back to that piece where they actually figure out what the heck the Crucible is. Um, okay. So anyway, Liara is with us, and... Uh, you know, now uh, we go back to the Citadel. So I'm actually trying to remember this particular part of the story. I remember, like, we get to go back and we meet with Udina and we solve some of the world's problems because it's the Citadel and that's what we do. But outside of that and, like, buying stuff, I don't remember a whole lot of them. This is just side quest land is the Citadel. I mean, we... Yeah, did did yeah. it feel like the Citadel at this part of the game was like smaller scope than yes. the previous two games too. Yes. It just smelt, felt like tiny and claustrophobic. It was weird. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know though, what we meant, forgot to mention though, two big things that happened on Mars. So we'll go through them real quick. Number one, Ashley slash Caden, whoever you didn't kill, uh, gets gravely wounded, right? She's gravely wounded. And, uh, secondly, there's this, uh, cyborg, Right, that's there to steal the information for Cerberus. Like, there's this woman doctor, really, but oh, it, yeah, we find yeah. out it's a cyborg, and uh, we we defeat the cyborg, but we bring the body back for testing. On the yep. 
and I went to the uh, med bay, uh, you know, behind where Jacquas was, and like there's like a part of the game where you can just kind of go there and just like look at the body and like examine it when it's there. And I kind of like went like as far forward as I could and looked down, and the thing's eyes were open and it was blinking. <laughs> so like they just neglected to remove those animations when they decided to make that body there unconscious. It's kind of like that video we saw where Jenkins wasn't really dead. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay, so we've got the body, and we're back on the Normandy, and then, uh, you know, it's traditional, like, Mass Effect, do the story or build your crew kind of stuff, right? Because, like, mm-hmm. uh, Caden slash Ashley is in the hospital, so I can't remember. Like, I had Caden. Who did you guys have? Caden. Same. Right, because we all hate Ashley, because Ashley's a space racist. So, Ashley's dead. Yeah. Three cheers for Ashley being dead. Yeah. I also don't like Caden and avoided as much contact with him as possible. Uh, Caden, I, 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 it's and it wasn't anything to do with his personality. It's one hundred percent the way his voice grates on my brain. I cannot listen to that voice, and as that's not his problem, it's my problem, right? But I can, and and uh, to be fair, how he second guesses like our relationship, our friendship Constantly. for like. 85% of this game. Well, you were with and, Cerberus, and how can I trust you? Yeah, seriously. he was. It was It was too much drama for me. Well, so, he yeah, that's the other thing. on my like, Cerberus. Like, I kind of get it. He's got a bad past with them. Right. No, no, and I don't blame him for it. I just, just, I don't, I don't, I have other people <laughs> that I would rather <laughs> take on this, uh, on this I'm crusade. I'm not saying I ever took Caden on my team ever, but I didn't mind. He was neutral. Neutral for me. Okay, so you did, you never fought with him. No, I never fought with him. He he wasn't on my party in any of the three games at any point that Same. they didn't make me take him. <laughs> Same. Same. I, I guess while we're talking about this, we should mention the other ca- characters stuck within Mars, and that is uh, Mr. Vega, right? Vega. Uh, Mr. Vega is uh, uh, a hunky Latino guy, young guy, <laughs> right? So I didn't have a Krogan this time, so this was the closest I got. This is my Krogan on the team. Yeah, it's the first first time you don't have a Krogan playable, except for like a handful of times because of DLC and other things. But yeah, there's not like a regular Krogan you could choose. Uh, I also just found out right before the show, do you know who voices Vega? I don't. No. Freddie Prince Jr. No way, I had no yeah. idea. So Okay. Don't you get to play as me smile. <laughs> Grunt in part of it? Or you get to play with Grunt? Grunt helps Wit. you out during yeah. the uh, Rachni Queen. Okay, era. yeah, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll get to that. Okay, so our, our characters kind of laid out. Obviously, we've got Joker. Chakwas is around because somehow you can't kill Chakwas, I don't think. Um, even if you wanted to, I think she always she, survives. She was my mm. only crew that made it out of two, yeah. Um, <clears throat> wow, that's terrible. I know, they all got turned right. into paste except for Chakwas. <laughs> It's all right. Kelly Chambers shows up in my game. But uh, anyway, the, you do get to, in the Citadel, you do get to meet some folks that have survived, right? So, um, like, I met uh, our Darrell buddy, our, our my love from okay, the second so game. I, I need to get you to tell me about that because in my game, um, I was trying to make decisions like this is, you know, end of the world kind of stuff. So I had to make some tough choices. So I got an email from from uh, Thane just saying like hey I'm around and really enjoyed my time together with you it's one of the best highlight of my life kind of thing 
And that was the only contact I had with Thane the whole time. Okay, so I'll kind of give you Thane's character arc then. Because all these side missions don't really matter. I mean, they obviously progress at different points in the story. But as far as the major plot goes, it doesn't really matter much. Um, So he's in Huerta Memorial, right? Because we know that he's got this disease. So when you go to the hospital to visit, you know... Ashley. That's on the Citadel, right? Yes. When you go to the hospital, he's there. And you can chit-chat with him. And if you hooked up with him before, like I had, you can be... I did too, yeah. You can be like, hey, buddy, let's go, uh, you know, do the thing. And you do. He's like, okay, yeah, I'd love to. (laughs) And uh, next time, though, if you ask him again, he's like, oh, I'm just too tired for my disease, you know, whatever it is. Um, So you get the one hookup, and then he's, he's not game for anymore. But eventually, uh, the disease takes its course. He's in the hospital, and Koyat, his son, comes there, and they want you to be there, like, when he passes, and there's, like, a prayer that you say, and, and the whole thing, and, you know, you kind of say goodbye to Thane. So there's a service and all that stuff, and obviously, if you've had a relationship with him, it's there's more to it that you can have, but you do have a yep. kind of a teary-eyed Thane dies. Uh, and yep. and you and Coliat kind of have a, a nice talk about it. And it's really cool in the Citadel DLC, you can invite Coliat up to like have like another like kind of like uh, memorial kind of like chat, almost like kind of like drinking over fallen comrades kind of stuff where like, how's everything been? Like we still like, you know, your dad, like, you know, sacrificed, changed who he was, sacrificed for you. So like in the Citadel, which I know we're going to handle ourselves, there's there's like before you kind of have this party and get everyone together there's people from your past that you can like invite up to the room like before the party happens like if they're available um and like for me there was like three or four available and coley was the first one i was like oh yeah get coley out up here so we had like another like little kind of like here's to thane moment so yeah it's one of the it's one of the nicer uh uh, uh story closures for sure because so good. many of them are uh oh you know this person that you've been like you know working with for a long time they're going to die like really quickly and inconsequentially. And like, that's, it sucks <laughs> when that happens, but yeah, Thane and Koliath is, is a really, really good story arc. So Th- yeah, Thane was my, my guy from two and mm. I knew he was in the hospital and I, and same thing. I knew Caden was in the hospital, but I was like, this is end of the world stuff. Like as much as I want to say goodbye to my friend, like I don't have time to visit people in the hospital. I got to yeah. go recruit <laughs> armies and like, you know get the geth and the corian to work together and the, there was yep. like other priorities so i didn't do it and yeah it just felt like it's got this little email that you could easily yeah. miss this in your inbox yeah my so my I, I really try to do like the role-playing thing and like play like i would you know like act in that situation but i had made some mistakes in the last game where like i had locked myself out of things and this game does a really weird thing where they say something's a priority it's not actually a priority. You shouldn't drop everything else and do it. So priority should be changed to point of no return. So what you <laughs> should be doing is do every single thing you can do 
until there's nothing left to do but priority stuff because priority will push the story forward and lock you out of old stuff so just being that i knew that the way that i approached the game was okay like you know like check my emails go to the citadel walk around every level because you don't just get side quests and store and the little side things from talking to people you overhear a lot of things that'll just put a blip on your radar like okay like if i'm ever in that area find this book or find this you know like upgrade for a ship so that's kind of how i progressed through it and uh i still this because before i figured that out i did a priority thing and i'm like oh well now and also uh omega i didn't realize once you leave omega you can't go back to it so i had omega missions on my like journal or codex for like the rest of the game um but yeah it's uh it's it's a shame because you get you miss out of stuff because they tell you oh this is a priority and it's really not i yeah i'm kind of okay with it because i think if if i was role-playing it properly I should miss out on stuff like there's yeah. tough decisions in that game and I don't have time to experience everything. So I had to like pick the ones I thought story-wise that made more sense to my yeah. character. That's a hundred percent my feeling on why I don't play games again for different endings because my experience, my play with the game, yeah. like that's it. Like I, I don't go back like, Oh, let me see what the other ones are. Cause like it's, I really feel like my ending is my ending. So I used to do that. Like when I played mm-hmm. heavy rain the first time I got like, you know, platinum trophy. I want to see everything. And then it yeah. kind of all blurred together in my head. And I'm like, well, I'm <laughs> my playthrough now. And then when I did like Detroit, I'm like, no one. And yeah. like one of my characters died super early, but I just like I sat on that for a year before I revisited that game, and it's so much better. Uh, it's, yeah. I've got my playthrough, and I, I've experienced other parts of it now, but I've got that one locked into my head, which is really cool. Yeah, that's a really good point is to is to give yourself time so that because yeah, it will blend, especially people like will YouTube like all the endings, which we'll talk about later, YouTubing Mass Effect endings, but but yeah, that that Koyot arc was great. So uh we're we're still at the uh, Citadel at this point, right, Chris? Yep, we've got a few other people we get to meet. So Kelly Chambers, if she's still alive, you get to uh, meet Kelly. She's in like a refugee <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't get you. If you if, we're, if you didn't mercilessly <laughs> murder your crew, she's. Uh, I didn't murder her. She turned her into Reaper food, <laughs> paste to feed the Reaper yeah, baby. I I did one side quest after they were abducted, so everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, she's uh, in the refugee camp area, and uh, essentially, you just kind of learn, like, oh, you know, obviously, I got out of Cerberus, and I'm trying to, you know, go hide out and make my way and uh you don't i mean you get like several conversations with her there's not much to do but like her character arc is basically um at some point in time you know you can talk to her and you get choices and one of them is like she's asking like what should i do you know because you're like you've got to be careful and um i don't know if you guys even had her but i told her like just you better like change your name like totally go underground and so i come back later and she's like got different colored hair and like she's going by a different name but you know she gives you the wink wink oh no it's me kelly chambers and i'm so glad you told me because like somebody was coming to kill me or something and (laughs) it's you kind of just get the okay i think she's just there in case you had a relationship with her there'd probably Mm -hmm. be more but since i didn't it was just kind of like oh hey kelly i'm glad you're still alive and she just stays there and that's kind of it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of who else is on the Citadel. I mean, there's so many goofy little missions that you get to do. Mm-hmm. 
uh, anyway. Um, and, and that's and that's the thing. Like so much of my memory of the game is all of the goofy missions and the side stuff <laughs> and like the catching up with other people because I was doing all of oh, yeah. that before priority and then priority happens and like it's they're not like the shortest missions ever but they're not super long either and like a lot of times it just kind of blends in with the whole you know like we're working towards this big goal and like you know we got to get a guy or we got to save this ship so like yeah to me like the the main story arc didn't get really like interesting or easy to follow until later on it it, it was the side stuff that stood out to me um i guess i'll just say one other quick piece here uh, and just because I want to talk about because it, it makes sense we're talking about Citadel, Conrad Werner. Um, mm. If you didn't have him through the whole thing, like each game he has an arc, and he's always like an idiot, right? He plays like, you're like, this guy's a moron. Cause he's the always, fan, right? He wants the autograph first. and Yeah, and then like in the second one, he's like, oh, I'm going to be a specter. And he's pretending, <laughs> pretending to be a specter. And then you like call him on it, like, this is dangerous. Stop doing that. <laughs> you're going to get yeah. killed. Well, in the third one, He's again, he's like following your lead. He's like, I joined Cerberus. And <laughs> I'm recruiting people to join Cerberus. And you're like, no, no, don't do that. They're bad. And he's like, well, I'm just trying to do like what you, what you did. And so you like talk him down. Like, oh, you gotta leave Cerberus. Don't do that. And he's like, okay, okay. But then you're like, you know, again, like he's always this idiot. And so, you know, like Shepard's blowing him off. Cause like every time you have these conversations with him and you could tell like, you know, Shepard's like, okay, you moron, let me just get out of here, don't kill yourself. So you're, like, blabbing, and and you're like, Connor's like, well, is there anything I can do? And then, like, Shepard makes, like, this offhand, like, well, I guess if you could learn to do da-da-da-da-da, I could really use that. And he's like, oh, yeah, my PhD is in blah-blah-blah, and I, yeah, I could totally help you with that. And Shepard's like, wait, what? <laughs> and, and then, like, Conrad keeps going through all of these things and like about these weapons and stuff. And then he, he makes these commentary about the game where he starts talking about, mm. Oh yeah. Like he's talking about like the weapons, like how they used to not use thermal clips and they did. And he's like, that's really backwards, isn't it? Why would they do things like, it's like a lot of the things that like the players with, like he stands in for that. And uh, there's this whole big piece. So I would encourage you if you didn't want, that is one thing to YouTube is Conrad Verner's mass effect three bit. Uh, because it's very mm. funny uh, how he like plays this little comedy piece, and he kind of ties this whole saga of Conrad Verner uh, all the way <laughs> through the storyline, and and it turns out he actually is useful <laughs> for something. So if you've gone through all this trouble, uh, you do get his help and expertise, and you get some more uh, points or whatever for for doing his thing. Nice. So uh, a fun character. So I guess, having said that, I don't remember, again, at what point in time we figure out about the Crucible. We should probably talk about it in this whole, like, war assets thing. Um, so the Crucible is like the MacGuffin. Do you, all right, what do you guys do? It Tell us about the Crucible. So, in in short, the Crucible, uh, it's, it's plans that have been, uh, you know, that are inferred to be handed down, like, by the Protheans for this device that can, you know, stop the, uh, 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 the Reapers. But it's but then it's like well if it's come from the Protheans then like it's never been affected before why should we trust it and then it's also found out or you know through some 
other MacGuffin form that, oh, well, it's always been missing this magical piece uh, that's referred to the crucible. What is, or sorry, uh, uh, the catalyst. Sorry. Uh, like, what is the catalyst? Oh, we don't know, but like, we'll figure it out eventually. So um, there, it, it, it becomes the, uh, the mandate of like all organized like militaries and nations. Like, okay, like we're going to come together and we're going to build this thing while, uh, the fighting is going on while Shepard's getting us prepared and everyone just needs to like keep the Reapers occupied, do the best you can while the Crucible's being built. Shepard's going to find out what the catalyst is and that's kind of like what happens for like the entire rest of the game because it's not so, built till yeah. the very end. So I remember that. So I, trying to roleplay that piece, I was like, I can't ever take Liara out on a mission with me. Like she's doing research 24 mm. seven on the ship, trying to figure out what the catalyst is. So that was in my mind. So she never left the ship with me ever. Interesting. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. And from the role playing aspect, for sure. I, I took her with me a lot. Cause she was my girl. She's so, awesome. Uh, like I remember using her a ton in the first one, but yeah. When, yeah. When it comes to combos, like this game is really combo heavy and with the combat, and yeah, biotic combos are so overpowered in this game. Yeah. Uh, I played obviously Insanity again, and I will tell you, like charge uh, is such a fantastic skill because mm. you like fly across the screen, hit a guy, uh, and you can like detonate combos or whatever with it, and it refills your shield every time you do it, and you like are a damage sponge and time slows down for a second. So mm. I just like, I'm constantly zipping across the screen everywhere, uh, like yeah. doing this and it's ridiculously overpowered. Yeah. I, I will say I, I did biotic as well. I did not do insanity because I wanted to get through it as quick as I could. And even though I've, I've heard it's not terribly difficult, but I did not figure out whether it was my own, uh, uh, negligence to not read it. Or if it wasn't explained properly, I did not, realize the weight system of oh, things yeah. I was carrying slowing down my ability recharge until just at one point I just looked and I'm like because in that every game it's you. yeah because like in every game I'm like all right let me get this weapon this weapon this weapon this weapon I only end up using one maybe two like you know in each mission and at some point I just noticed what do you mean ability recharge minus 250 <laughs> percent and then <laughs> Like, because I remembered, I was like, you know, it's so weird. In the first mission where I'm on Earth with Anderson, my abilities were like every like three seconds or like less. And then I realized, oh, and then I just like took one gun with me and it was like biotic power, biotic power, biotic power. I was like, now I'm back in the game. So yeah, yeah for a I while I didn't have that going. Experience. Yeah, you learn yep. even though that if you go really light, it actually goes the other direction, yeah, right? Like yeah, it speeds up. You can up. increase it. Yeah. yeah, which yep. I spoiler alerts that no longer works in Mass Effect Andromeda. You can okay. you can't speed up. You can slow down if you get too heavy, mm. but you can't speed up that way. Gotcha. But yeah, no. So I totally I like went super light with my weapons, and then yeah, mm. I'm using powers like basically I would just combo constantly because I would do the lift and then like the charge thing, and I'm just mm. constantly comboing. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, it's so overpowered. It, and, and I know they're not really the same type of game at all, but it reminded me of Bioshock when they taught you, okay, like zap them and then like whack them with the wrench. Uh-huh. I spent like 90% of that game just shocking and like <laughs> wrenching people. So it was the same thing. Like once I kind of find a few biotic combos, I was like, this is just going to keep working. 
I'm gonna keep doing it if it keeps working. <laughs> and, like, except for like when there's like sometimes there's like shields and like things that you have to deal with like before you can do certain powers. But yeah, for like the majority of like unshielded enemies, you're just comboing them like over and over. Yeah, and there are three different types of damage I guess to deal with. There is there's shields, there is armor, and then there is traditional health. So you may have to like whittle it all down. So, you know, somebody, like a lot of times in, on Insanity, they would have shields, armor, and health. Like, a lot of mm. enemies would have that. So you'd have to, you take down the shields, and then you take down their armor, and then you take down their mm. health. The, the thing that's different with Andromeda, you'll see, is that um, they just have one type of, they can have shields and then regular health, um, or like shields and armor, but if they have armor, they don't have regular health as well. It's just armor is like mm. their tougher health. So mm. that was what was kind of different with this one. But yeah, what I learned really quick is, yeah, just always have one person that can strip shields uh, mm. with like whatever the one move is where it like zaps their shield. And then, yep. yeah, you just combo, but then you're just combo crazy, right? And That's why I really liked Incendiary Ammo in the first game. It just burned off of uh, people. But like the the... The combat is so vastly different from one to two, and then even from two to three. Um, it's not like I don't think it's as big a jump as it is from uh, one to two, which just feels like super. Like it just feels like different different games. Two to three, like the combat still feels you know like the same, but there's just enough pushing it forward where like it's quicker and there's more to more options and more to do. And three really pushes you to have fast combat, and you can tell right away because yep. you can infinitely run now. Right, that always sucked yeah. in the yeah, old yeah. games. You'd get tired. Now you can just run like crazy. Yeah. Yep, it I, it's still not like uh, like for cover shooters. Like the one that has always kind of like felt the snappiest to me has always been uh, Gears of War, and it takes a little time. But like once you figure out at what point you can just hit A to suck yourself into cover, to pop over, to really quickly be able to like hit down an A just to back out of cover all throughout uh, ME3, which even though I played on PC, more often than not I played on a, uh, a controller instead of mouse and keyboard, because like I mentioned before, like my wrist has been giving me issues with the mouse, so it was just more comfortable on a controller. The, like, the way I expect to go in and out of cover is not quite as snappy at both getting in and out um, in this game as it is in something like a Gears, but it's way better than it was in the Infinite Run. It, it's just one of those things where I feel like there's things that exist in games, and it's like, why do they exist? Oh, just because they always have. So when when a game can be like, you know, get get rid of that, like, or when a game game's like, get rid of fall damage. It's it's not fun, and it, it you know, like just just get rid of it. So, uh, yeah, in, Infinite Run was infinitely welcome. Yeah, and probably the other big mechanic, I guess, that to say is that whole like grab them, stab them with your Omni Blade thing. So. Yeah, which I didn't do all that much because I kind of forgot about uh -huh. it. And then I think there was like some cutscene maybe that had it in it, and I'm like, oh yeah, like I have the Omni Blade. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know that was a thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're behind cover, like a low cover, and there's an enemy that's like right on the other side of it, it gives you a prompt where you can hit your a melee button. You just grab them, pull them over the thing, and then you use your life really just uh, insta kill. Yeah, and and the game doesn't present a whole lot of stealth takedown options. Like more often than not, like you'll like kind of round a corner and you'll see like the big open area with a bunch of cover spots, and it's like, all right, 
900 guys are about to run out like before I can even get to a spot where I could sneak up on them. So like that's kind of like the status quo, but there's a handful of times where if you are sneaky, you can kind of like, uh, you know, get that uh, stealth kill. But yeah, it's I like Kelsey, I complete because they teach you how to do it at the beginning of the game. And then you don't like get another opportunity to do it like really until unless you like really try. So I totally forgot it was a thing until I like saw it in a cutscene or something. Like I think Shepard just took his like Omniblade out and I saw the big spike on it and I'm like, oh yeah, like we can actually use that. Yeah. Okay, so back to the story. Let's go through if if it sounds all right with you guys. Let's go through Act One and then we can yep. slide in some DLC stuff and everything there because. Really, once I think after Act One, it pretty much opens up a lot of this stuff. Um, right. So, so, and so, just to be clear to people listening, so what we just finished was is known as the prologue. Um, so that's kind of just like getting, you know, getting uh, your bearings, getting kind of like all the pieces on the board type deal. So, um, in this piece of the story, again, we're kind of again assembling our crew, but also like traveling around. Really, this part of the story is all about. Okay, we've got this crucible. They're going to work on building it. Um, we know Earth is, like, taking the brunt of the attack. Like, the Reapers are going all out. But, I mean, the Reapers are reaping, so they're going everywhere. Some places are get, have gotten hit already, and some haven't, right? And so you're kind of going around the galaxy, and you're basically trying to convince them that, hey, we have to keep Earth rocking. Uh, we need your help. Because the Reapers are concentrated there, and we've got to do this citadel. We have to do this uh, this project, right? We need your help. So um, the first place you go to is to get the the Turians involved. So um, and you you're there really just to go and like assemble like the Turians and the Krogan. You like have to solve their problems first, and so the first stop is Palavin. And that's the um, like moon outside of like the Turian homeworld, isn't it? If I remember right. Mm. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. That's, this is one of my favorite I, set pieces in the whole game. Absolutely. And you know what was so crazy is for like the entire for, like first two games, there was nothing that just looked like you were just like out on a moon, black space with like a planet like up there. Like I I remember first, this for, like yeah space games. That's weird. That's like I remember this game. from like the from like when you know when months ago when you're thinking oh I can't wait for ME three like legendary to come out. There's things I didn't remember, but I remembered that like the first moon you go to on Mass Effect three is this like the place that like I couldn't believe that we had nothing like this. And even like in the first game when there was like the the Batarian DLC that bring down the sky. Um, I think it was called with like the uh, 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 the asteroid. Like it just it still didn't have this look. It just kind of looked like generic, like every other environment. But yeah, Palavin was such an awesome, awesome place. Yeah, and you start to, if I remember right, this is the first place you meet the Reaper enemies. Um, so you'd already met Cerberus on Mars and like fought them. Now you get the Reaper enemies, and so you can learn mm. the Reaper enemies are really just like reconfigured um of like your the other races in the game right mm. so like yeah. these guys are like the turians and that have been taken over and these mm. guys are the asarias that have been taken over um so you're there to meet i can't remember it's not viceroy but like there's this leader right whoever's uh, the, the primarch primarch yes um and you're there to get the primarch and uh 
you get there and then like if i remember right like the primarch is dead but there's like this new guy that's now the primarch but he doesn't know right because the other one is, yeah, the is chain of command yeah <laughs> right like uh so you gotta go tell him like hey you're the new primarch and then also i need your help and so you have to go save him basically is what it is because he's fighting and you're like holy crap he's our new primarch gotta go get him it's like saving private ryan or something right yeah i was thinking that yeah yeah so uh, you go, and I mean, you have a lot of fighting. This is where, again, you get to see all of the... You don't get to see every Reaper enemy yet, but you get to meet, like, the standard ones. Uh, there's, like, the Batarian ones. Those are, like, I don't remember what they're called, but they, they look like raisins with, like, machine guns on their arms or whatever. Uh, you get to meet um, the Turians, which are, you know... Again, I remember. I wish I remember like all the aliens, and uh, and you get to see the harvesters, right? It's like these harvesters, these yes. giant yeah, yeah. creatures that, apropos, harvest the 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 people and turn them into these creatures. Yeah. And uh, I don't recall if there's a whole lot else other exciting other than the new Primark. Hey, we got you. Get out of here. And then, hey, Primark, I really need your help. And the main thing is like, well, pal, uh, our homeworld's under attack. If for, if we're gonna help you, you gotta help us, like <laughs> save our place, right? And yep. so we're like, well, what do we do? Well, we need, um, we'll have to figure out like get the Krogan and the um, dag on it. What's her name? The Salarians, right? We need we need the Krogan and the Salarians. For, for their help. And they're like, well, we're never going to get the Krogan and the Salarians to work together. What are we going to do? So, um, so they go to Sirkesh, which Sirkesh is the um, Salarian homeworld, right? Stop me if I forget something, please. Uh, so uh, did you mention that we, if he didn't die, um, you meet up with Garrus, who's a, oh. a part of that uh, uh, Turian uh, uh, fighting force. He's like a special advisor, or like a strategic advisor, something like that. So he becomes uh, uh, available in your group again. Yeah, he rejoins the squad. Because like, not a lot of these characters rejoin the squad. Right, yeah, really just a handful. Way uh, cut not down. Even, not even, like three or three or four, if that. Yeah, so cut down compared to the first yeah. game. Because you've got Liar and now you've got Garrus, which I guess those are like the stays. You have to have them. And then eventually mm -hmm. Caden Ashley, whoever comes back, um, mm -hmm. you know, like way later in the story after they've healed. Or, excuse me, I don't know why they make that point, like they're dead or not dead, but like hurt for so long. Mm -hmm. But they're out of like, out of commission for a long time. Right. And, and, and also, uh, at this point, when you go back to the ship, because remember that body that you recovered that's sitting there, there's weird power fluctuations happening on the ship, and we got to go back and see what the heck is going on in the med bay. Yeah, I mean, and so, I don't know, like, long story short is, like, Edie takes over the body, right? Edie's the yeah. AI from the ship. Which I gotta tell you sounds great on paper. <laughs> I love Edie in Mass Effect Two. I don't know what happened in the transition to her taking a form that it's just not. I don't dislike her, but it's not the same for me. It doesn't have she, like the same. Uh, like out of all the cast from one, two, and three, Edie's body has the worst design out of any. Yeah. Of them. she's just awful to look at. Yeah. 
I get it's 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 weird it's it's weirdly shaped. It's like I, like even though like, like it's a it's a metal it's hunk of a body, the breasts have nipples on them. Like it's, it's like a if robot. If you told a ten year old to draw, a lady <laughs> like it's so bad. And and like you know so like the only like there's if I have to think of some redeeming features like it's got like this weird robotic metal haircut with like hair that doesn't move. Like she's Jetsons, got like an like, like an or- yeah hair, right yeah. exactly it's exactly <laughs> what it is she's got like that orange like like visor for some reason because like I guess robots are very sensitive to like light um, you know there there's some interesting interactions uh, especially in the Citadel uh, DLC where like you know because she can like read the way people are thinking and like. It's there's some really funny stuff, but yeah, like it's there's something in that transition to the physical form. Uh, I it ED just kind of fell off for me. Yeah, I'm on the same with you there. Yeah, for some reason, yeah, she becomes a playable character uh, and is and your team. Um, and I don't think there's anything you can do to stop that. And then yeah, and, Joker and, and, gets a, a uh, gets yeah. a Woody for the now the Steel Girl, which is so, not so prior weird to this happen. Right, right. So prior to this happening, I mean, they they have always had like a little bit of a banter and like a back and forth. And there's been some good dialogue between them. So like, it totally makes sense, you know. Like she has a physical form, and like they both kind of struggle through it. And at different points during the game, like you know, if you because every time you go to, especially the Citadel, like it's kind of like shore leave for everybody, and like you can kind of find your people, like and just kind of sometimes you go to chat with them, and they just kind of are like, hey, what's up. And other times it like sparks like an actual see- like cut scene where you can have like dialogue choices. So there are times when like you'll be talking to Joker and like he's like, I don't know, like what do you think people will say? And, he's, and you, you can tell him like it doesn't matter what people say, you know, like this is about you and her, like, you know, go go be with her. And same thing with uh, Edie struggling with like, you know, being like in this physical form and like trying to like understand human emotion and like act that same way. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic that you get to kind of see both sides of that. Uh, but yeah, that was the only, you know, kind of interesting ED content for me was just the stuff between like her and Joker. So, and I never, uh, yeah, used Edie. I, I don't think I ever, and I, and I, and I think, and I think Edie said so too. And it might've been during the city that, cause like there's a point where like, you know, like Rex helps you out. And there was a point where like, uh, it's like, all right, like you got to choose like, who's going to go. And then, like, you kind of turn to them, and, like, Edie is one of the people who is like, I seem to never be chosen. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that happens all the time or just if you don't choose her. <laughs> so in, in 1 and 2, I always had, like, multiple people where I, like, felt bad. Like, I'm not taking mm-hmm. so-and-so out because I can only take two on my team. I wish I could have bigger teams. Yeah. And then in 3, it was like, I guess I'll take Vega because he's the biggest dude, and I guess I'll take Garrus because Edie sucks and Liara has to do research. Like it, it, yeah. was, it felt like I had nobody I really wanted on my team. Yeah. I just took who was available. I'm, I'm with you 100. But like in two, I was constantly changing up. I was constantly like, okay, this person, this person. I like this, and I want to try this, and I want to try this. And in three, it was like bloop bloop, bloop bloop go, bloop bloop go, like over and over again. So there's only one character that i always took with me and because it really did lend a lot to the story and that's javik which we'll get to in a little bit yep but uh um, was stapled to my side yeah for like this he entire game i don't even so, know who that is well, we'll get there. <laughs> let me tell you he added so much so much in every situation because yes. like sometimes there's like certain situations where like garris was like kind of a jerk like over and over again i'm like dude like stop giving liara crap like you know like we're all figuring this out together and like he keeps like 
like nudging her like like later on on Thessia, which we're getting really ahead. But like it's like, dude, like calm down. But every time Javik put something in, it was really poignant. Like no and like no matter like what his like his his opinion was, but yeah, he was fantastic. So I guess we should say after Palavin, the Primarch stays on the Normandy, right? Is yep. to like help manage the situation because there's like this war room that's there. Yep. So um, you're going to go to the Salarian homeworld, Sir Kesh, to see if you can get the Salarians on board. And you get there, and the Reapers have not attacked yet. Um, they're like, kind of like, well, you know, we're cool. Why? Why should we get involved? And uh, you kind of find out because you go to like this research lab uh, to try to get some help, and you find all sorts of interesting things, like uh, uh, they have. Uh, they, like the Zog or whatever, like the, the whoever that uh, the race was that um, was the, uh, the Shadow Broker, right from the second one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So they've got with, some like, of those, with like the tri- with like the triangle mouth. Yeah, they got some of those guys like pinned up and like they're mm. experimenting. And the thing you find out is because you go there and you've got Rex with you. And I don't remember exactly how Rex gets involved. I think you meet him there or, or whatever. It's like you pick him up. Because mm-hmm. like, wanted you to help negotiate the release of their females, right? Right, because that's what it was. They were they had females that were there and they were doing experiments. It was like genophage stuff, whatever, right? Right. Yeah. And and like you take him and like you're really hoping he's on his best behavior because you're going in there with like all oh, the Salarian bros there. and yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, because he's, you know, making them really quake in their boots and really giving them a hard mm-hmm. time the whole time, which, you know, I guess depending on how you play it out, for me, I'm like, yeah, you, you should be quaking in your boots. Yep. But um, Cerberus attacks, right, of course, because, like, oh, you know, somebody's got to attack. So Cerberus attacks, and uh, you have to get the female out, and that is yep. Eve. and uh, who is Who is awesome. Yeah. Awesome, yeah, awesome character. Love Eve. And Eve is, uh, you know, a, a fertile female because the from the second game, like whatever Malin's research or whatever was, like it worked, right? They were able to like, you know, whatever this female. And so, <clears throat> anyway, you go through there. I mean, I don't know if there's a whole lot else to say. You fight a lot of Cerberus. Um, and trying to remember this is this the first time where you encounter the elusive man again no we, we saw the elusive man briefly when early on when liara we Mars? met liara the first time like we got to like the uh like the, the beacon and like when we got there like it's like that's when like you have a short conversation with the elusive man and it's like all right like they know about you know the crucible too like we need to find the info before they do so like you've had like a brief conversation with a lucy uh before this and he just shows, I don't remember if he shows up on this mission, but he'll show up every once in a while just to kind of explain, like, why Cerberus is there, you know. Yeah. And you'll have these, I'll get you, <laughs> kind of conversations. <laughs> and uh, they don't amount to a whole lot. And then, yeah. we'll get to it later, like, Kai Lang shows up in the plot. And if you ask me, like, Kai Lang is, like, the most trash throwaway character in this whole series, but... Yeah, it's it's like like uh, great value, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't remember where he shows. Should we just talk about Kai Lang? Because I don't remember where he shows up first. He he shows up like if I remember, he shows up much later. He's kind of like the assassin or like the the fixer for the elusive man. When we go back to the Citadel, I think is when they. Oh yeah, because at, the the Delatras at the coup, right? right? The Delatras. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. We'll get there then. That's cool. So we've done Sirkesh, and uh, we kind of don't really have the Salarians on board, but we've we've got the Krogan interested because we've saved this female. So we've got to go to um, what is it now? We have to go to two. We have to go to Tuchanka. Like there's some stuff that happens, but we have to go to Tuchanka basically, right? Uh, because right. So well, so the Dalatras um, makes a deal with Shepard, right? So she, um, I thought that was later. Oh, is that later? Because like she's right now. She's like, ah, if you guys have got the Krogan on board, we're not doing crap oh, to right, help right. you yep, guys, yep. right? Yep. Like, ah, that's unacceptable. Later on, yep, though, she, she does goes, make an offer. That's right. That's later on. Yep. So we're getting to Tachanka. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, lots of little stuff happen. You know, that's really bad because like, has there been any points yet where you have any crucial choices? I don't think so. Uh, not really yeah I don't know if there's any major thing you could have I don't know anyway Tuchanka you're gonna go finally to the Krogan homeworld so you get to meet Rex because he's hanging out there and running the show and like a garbage dump it, I, I hope Rex is still alive in your playthroughs because yes. he was great to run through this whole, all, the whole series yeah yeah and, and we may not have mentioned yet that the Solarian scientist in charge, as long as he didn't die in the suicide mission, is Morden Solis. Morden. Yeah. Who is, yeah, trying to redeem himself. Right, but like Eve had gotten fixed by like Malin's research from that Malin mission in the second mm-hmm. game, which I kept the research... Uh, from what I understand, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really matter if you did or not. I don't even remember. I mean, I guess they like high five you, like oh, about the research <laughs> or something. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember if there's anything consequential that happens. I don't know, like maybe the elusive man is after it or whatever. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Tuchanka, we go to Tuchanka, and uh, the big thing there is, um. Like the bomb, right? Am I remembering right? This is where the bomb is. Is it well? That's the um the Thresher Maw, right? Oh, that's right. The first time, yeah, we're going to recruit, and yeah, the um. So like, I, I think we want to like like deploy the Genophage Cure no, because on your even... way there. Because on your way there, don't like the council like pings you and they're like, "Yo, like we like sabotage it. Like, don't even tell anybody." And like you, ha- you, you have to choose. You know, do I tell you know like the Delatras and like Rex about this? I thought that was here. Yeah, I thought that was so. on the way here because then, okay, um, okay. like because then you get the choice to tell uh, uh, Rex and the Delatras, and I did. I was like, "Yeah, they tried to get me to sabotage you guys. Don't worry, I'm not going to do it." And Rex is like, "See, I told you we could count on Shepard." Yeah, I basically <laughs> did the same thing. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, because I, I don't know what happens. Did anybody make the deal with the Delatras? Because you can sabotage the cure. No, I I, I yeah. did the good thing too. Yeah. Okay, so you have to essentially, uh, there's like this, 
you know, we're going to take these trucks and there's this one place where we get this tower that we have to spread right. the cure from. Um, and, but hey, the Reapers are attacking and guess where they're going to go, right? They're going to yep. go to the tower. And this is like a new kind of Reaper. Like you haven't seen this kind of Reaper before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you go on the side thing, like uh, as you're going, like you're the Reaper screwing up your convoy and you have to get mm-hmm. out. And, like, you find this, like, ancient Krogan temple spot where they're like, oh, look at these pictures of this, like, super Thresher Maw. I'm trying to remember what the name was. They had a name for it. Right, yeah. Uh, so they see, like, all these, like, paintings, like, on the wall and everything. And there's, like, these, whatever, like, this bell. Like, they figure out, oh, if we ring this bell or whatever, it's going to yeah. awaken this super Thresher Maw. Yeah, it, like, yeah, it, like, makes it come over. Yeah, it, like, calls to it. So... Anyway, you find your way there, you ring the bell, the Thresher Maw comes up, and the Thresher Maw is, like, you know, a- gonna attack the Reaper. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember, isn't this the place where you have to, like, hit the Reaper with that super missile from the ship? Uh, that, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, that might that have been Thessia? a little bit later. Is that Thessia? Yeah. We're, we're like, you're like, uh, we're like, it's like coming at you and you have to like dodge out of the way. And like, it's almost like the hammer of dawn type yes, thing where yeah. like, you're like shooting a laser at. I think that's a little that's bit later. later. Okay. Maybe so, so this, Thessia. so this one is, you're, you're like just trying, cause all you need to do is like get up to the top of this tower and like release the cure. So what's happening is like, you gotta, you got, you're trying to like lure the Thresher Maw to like be able to like get that, re- take care of that Reaper. So once you do that, and like once you kind of like lure the Thresher Maw like a few times, and you gotta like run through gunfire and stuff. Once that's done, it's like, all right, like cutscene time. And then it's like, all right, well, we can't remotely do it anymore because of reasons, you know, whether it's the sabotage or whether it's, oh, the, you know, like just something's broken, like, and then it, it becomes clear that like someone has to go do it manually. So if you're a good person, Morden Solis is still alive, and he <laughs> in your game is like, I have to go do this. It's, it's like I'm the only one that can do it. And there's a very brief moment of like, like, no, Morden, you can't do this. And he's like, no, like it has to be me. Like it, it has to be me. Like it's it's right in like every single way. Um, and he kind of has this like slow motion, like running into the sunset, like I'm gonna save everybody. <laughs> I'm gonna make up for all the stuff. And it's one of my favorite moments. It's one of the saddest uh, deaths for me because I love Morden Solis uh, uh, just uh, so much. And uh, so he ends up, you know, like taking his uh, his ride up and you know releasing the cure and the tower is destroyed. So Morden goes out a hero uh, and uh, the the Genophage uh, uh, is out there. And in my game, I don't know if there's any other way for this to happen, but in my game, then you have the Delatraus, who's like, oh, like Shepard, we owe you. And then Rex, who's like, oh, yeah, like, like uh, Shepard, you're like, you're the best. And it's like, all right, we're going to go, you know, we're going to go get to work uh, repopulating over here, like, now that we have uh, everything's going our way. So, yeah, but you do Morden have a choice. What was the choice? Yeah, what was the choice? So you do have a choice. You can convince Morden not to do it. And you can, in fact, because I looked into this, you can, okay, you can kill Morden. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> you can straight up, <laughs> like, I'm not letting you do this, buddy. I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. obviously, nobody did that because you're an no, inhuman monster. If you I would did that. never do that. Uh, but you can, yeah, because I, I looked this up because I want to be able to talk about it on the show. Apparently, you can yeah. sabotage the cure, right? Where like okay. it looks like it works and all that Um, and you can convince him 
Like, that's the best way to go. I mean, you like, really have to, like, mm. like, like, do some speech checks or whatever. Mm. And another way you can do is you can just straight up, like, murder him. Like, when he's trying, like, no, I gotta go. You can be like, I'm not letting you. Pa-pow! <laughs> and you can just take yep. him out. Um, yeah. So... I, I, I would stop playing this game like Edith Finch if that was like a thing that just happens. <laughs> so when I first played Mass Effect 2, I very much like Bill, like Morden, like the best, loved him. During this replay, I kind of had like, like I did with Ashley, like I'm like, I don't remember Morden, like he's really callous and kind of a, like not a likable character in 2. He's got the charming witty banter, but like there was like a sinister message behind it all the time. So I was like, I don't know if I love Morden like I thought I did, but yeah, this moment in three, like turned him back around for me. Like I'm, I'm back on board the Morden train. Like he's trying to redeem himself for, for how he was acting for the past several years and, and in the best way possible. Yeah. Really, really good ending. Good, good uh, arc for him. I I was really happy with how, how he, how he went through it. Apparently, yeah, the- if you talk him out of it, you fake his death because they're like they're not gonna let me live, right? You have to, you <laughs> have to go. We're gonna, we're just gonna say you did it, right? Because you sabotage it, and you're like, we're just gonna say you did it, and you're dead. Um, and he goes into like work on um, crucible stuff, but like hiding out crucible stuff. And apparently you can have a chat with him like remotely at the end of the game. You don't have your you don't have at the end of the game when you have those calls with everybody. Like yeah. let me talk to so and so. You can have cool. a call with him and, and talk to him and see how the crucible stuff is going. That's cool. But what kind of a monster would do that? Not not me. <laughs> did you, you did that? Didn't no, you? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm not even that much of a monster because to me, like I always say, like my shepherd is whatever I got to do to beat the Reapers, right? And to me, right. this is, no, I want as many Krogans as I could get to sure. kill Reapers. Yeah, because the argument against uh, doing it is like, oh, like the Krogans are just going to like get out of control and like take over and stuff. And like, I really have no worry of that happening. Like, we're all going to be dead. You know? Why does it matter, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you're, you're worrying about the, you know like the 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 dirt on the floor and like the beds on fire you know like this it, it does not matter <laughs> right yeah because that's the delatrasis big thing right like oh you know we can't go through this again um okay so yeah we we go back and uh, we're going to try to negotiate with the solarians and the delatras yeah. on the citadel yeah. now so so that's the end of act one right yeah so let's let's yep. talk about dlc because that's that's the path forward but now i mean a little earlier in this that some of it opens up but really at this point in time yeah you can do like a lot of the big dlc stuff although Mm. i put some of it off but i think it's okay if we go ahead and talk about it and then get back to the main story if you guys are okay with that yeah so probably the first i missed the first big one would be um javix stuff and that actually opens up pretty early I think after Palavin, I think you can go and get him. So the short version is you find out that there's some kind of something that Cerberus has dug up um, on Eden Prime, I think, if I remember right. Like, you're going back to Eden Prime where it all started. Yes. I was actually really excited about that, and then it didn't look exactly like I remember it in one. So I was like, oh, it really should have just been, like, 
carbon copy, like cut and paste, <laughs> like put Eden Prime back on there, but it didn't. So apparently you're in a different part of Eden Prime that you've gone to. Um, and eventually, of course, you fight through a bunch of Cerberus and you find this thing. And at first you're like, I don't know what this is. And uh, of course, Liara's smart. And you figure out basically that it's um, a stasis pod like you found uh, at the end of Mass Effect 1. But it's mm. working, right? It's still functional. And so you uh, find oh, a way... Like one of, the, one of the Prothean stasis pods? Yes. Okay. And so you find a way and you open the pod and there's a Prothean inside. And his name is Javik. And you kind of, through pieces of the story and bits, you learn about he's the last surviving Prothean. Because, um, so is he happy you woke him up? As you can imagine, he's a bit disoriented. And Javik is very angry. Essentially like the... Protheans, you find out, you think like, oh, maybe they're like these really smart, intelligent, like, sure, they are very intelligent, but these guys are hardcore, like, like military. It's like Morden and Rex had a baby. I guess they're like. <laughs> do he? He's got the the voice actor, and I think he takes on this persona for me because of the voice actor. But he's got like, uh, like. Like a like an African yes. like a touch like a T'Challa uh, type of voice, so it's kind of got like more of like a like a tribal like an Aboriginal kind of like dialect, um, but it's, it's very awesome. very smart and like he will not be challenged. Like if you're like oh why don't you do this and he'll just hit you back and he's very articulate, um, but yeah he's he's angry that uh, uh, you know it, it's so he wakes up and you're like okay like yeah like all your people have been dead for like 50,000 years. And like, now here you are. Can you help us with the same problem? So it's like, he's, he's, you know, understandably, uh, you know, not happy about this. And, but I'm telling you, like, he's such a good character that he should have just been a part of, and he's available from like the beginning. And he has like specific dialogue Tons of it. throughout the entire game. Tons so like, it's not like he was just tacked on. Like he really should have just been included with the regular game, but like they had to have this, you know, yeah, additional pack. Like it'd be awesome to have a Prothean. Like you don't get any new races unless you count Edie in this one. Yep. Yeah. He, he, he's awesome. And I had him in my party. Like, like I said, like it was like him and, uh, oh man, like I, I did kind of bump around a little bit. Cause like I said, like Liara is my girlfriend. So I wanted her to be with me. So she was with me a whole bunch and Garrus was with me a little bit, but like, it was almost always Javik. No Vega. Yeah. No Vega. Uh, no Vega. No space. No, space <laughs> Vega. no Freddy. <laughs> but you always wanted Javik along because he was always going to add bits to the story, right? He was always going to add some undertones of, again, you know, like, he'd always talk about his cycle, right? And talk about what happened. And you get some flashbacks, some different pieces as it goes through. And you kind of learn, like, Sounds amazing. they are these archons of of that represent different things to their people. And he's like the warrior archon, right? He's like this, mm. the, the best of the, the Protheans. And so like, that's why they kept his pod alive, like to the last, because he was going to be the one to, but the idea, like you find out, like he's 
they're the the reapers are coming and are attacking and they've managed to like hide right some some of these things are like okay well you know then when once the protheans once the reapers have gone we're just gonna hang out for a little while and then once they go back to dark space we'll pop back out right and we'll we'll come back and, and take care of things um well it doesn't happen right his thing doesn't wake up so that's why he's like it's malfunctioned or whatever the case is and the whole thing like so he's super angry a and he's not like angry angry but like just determined like every bit of him is we're going to kill reapers and so he he's a good match for your shepherd specifically oh yeah and that's why i'm like okay and he would always kind of funny because he would always talk about you uh, like the other alien races because he would talk like back in my cycle you guys were like in caves <laughs> doing whatever right and and he's like keeps talking about he calls them primitives he calls everybody primitives yeah. because back in his time you know they weren't highly but again like you found out the protheans yeah. had been everywhere and done all this stuff and and then you also find out that like well they're they didn't come up with the mass relays and all this other stuff, which you kind of figured out already from some. But he's like, yeah. there were other cycles before us. We yep. took up their stuff as well. Um, yeah. There, I, I just, I just, just to give you like a, a a little bit of his personality before moving on, I just looked up like some of the best Javik quotes because there's really, really a lot of stuff. Um, but but like like Chris said, like him always being angry. Like uh, um, there's there's a point in the game where you end up talking to uh, a reaper, uh, and and the reaper says says to, like if it, Javik says something, and the reaper's like, "What are you supposed to be?" And he said, and he says, "I'm a Prothean." And he's like, "Really? How many how many of you are left?" And he says, "Enough to kill you." And it's like, "Ooh, <laughs> it just takes one, right?" And just oh, he's so cold, and he's so he's so he's so 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 good. And like he always ha- like whenever you think you got him, he always comes back with like the last word, and it's like enough to like uh, to trip you up. It's oh, he's so great. And it really trips Liara out because Liara thinks mm. they were like like enlightened and super nice and like very. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, oh my god, you know. And she yeah. wants to study him and ask him all these questions. Yep. He's like, leave me alone, basically. Like, let's yep. just go kill reapers. And just like little things, like you'll be going through like a like a lab, and there'll be like a like a like a tank with like a reaper like experiment in it, and you don't have to trigger it; you'll just walk by it. And he says they were much smaller in my cycle. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's so cool. They've like you know like been like changing. So like, uh, and then there's a point where he's just standing on the citadel, and like one of your conversations with him, you just start chatting, and then like other people come around. They're like, wait a minute, like you're a Prothean. And like he has to give like a little pep talk, and he starts doing it in his regular way, which is very down and very you know like kind of like uh, uh, not like negative, but like you know not not uplifting. And you start, and like there's a paragon check where like you kind of like just like tap him on the shoulder, and you're like, I don't think this is gonna work. And then he like changes it, and he like like inspires the people <laughs> of the citadel to like you know like fight for your uh, you know fight for your your life instead of just like sitting around here and like drinking your you know like margaritas like waiting for like everyone else to do it for you uh but yeah he's uh he's such a terrific character that's why i think you missed god you missed a lot by not doing that yeah like hearing you talk about the dlc in one and two 
I could care less about any of it. None of it was like, oh, mm. I needed that. This is the first thing you've said that I'm like, that sounds awesome. I wish I had that. Mm. All of the Mass Effect 3 DLC is fantastic. So let's, yeah. let's go on to the next big chunk that you missed. Um, I will say also, with you get Javik, you also get a Prothean weapon that you can use. So it's like... Really good. Yeah, it's like a trace rifle. It's basically like the best rifle. Um, yeah. And so uh, probably the next big one to talk about would be Leviathan. Mm-hmm. So um, you get some information that there's this, you know, planet and this system that's... I, I don't remember the details of, like, how you find it. There's this ship has crashed or something that's there. And you go, and, like, all... It's, it's really a long story short. It's like the Bermuda Triangle of ships, like like things go there they don't come back and so you go down to investigate and it's just this watery planet it's like covered in an ocean there's no land and so you're investigating and um the reapers are there and and you're like trying to figure out what's going on and long story short um after you kind of do like you're on like this ship that's like who knows how old it's like there and you're fighting on it. And uh, eventually you're like, okay, we're going to go find out what's going on because they're like the, the orbs everywhere. And like mm-hmm. the, the ship that had crashed, like you can interact, like they'd left writings and things. And these orbs had basically like brainwashed them and uh, indoctrinated them, if you will. Mm-hmm. And they just all like happily died. Uh, they're like, you know, they didn't eventually like, didn't want to try to get away. Um, mm. And so, like, you find all these orbs everywhere. And so, like, we're going to figure things out. And you find, like, this dive suit mech. And you take it down to the bottom because I don't remember, like, you, you detect something or, like, the ship right. does. And so you go down to the deep, and long story short, you get down there, and there are this race of aliens, and they are aquatic, and they look kind of squid-like, kind of like some other creatures that are attacking yep. the universe. And uh, they are telepathic, and they, you talk with them, and essentially these are the creators of the Reapers. And... Yep. This is the most goosebumpy like thing in all of Mass Effect because at, as you so like you land on this planet and it's almost like this like dock kind of thing and like water's washing up and you gotta like you know turn some batteries on to like get in like this big mech suit. So eventually you get in this mech suit and it's like all right the the signal's down below it's the only way I can do it. So like you jump in the water with this mech suit, which gives me like instant like agoraphobia because like you're like sinking in the ocean. It's like the abyss. And you're kind, Oh man, it's like you're just going down, 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 and there's just, it's just black, and it's just like one little light is you, and then like you hit the bottom, and then like you find a hole, and you gotta keep going down more, and you gotta keep going down more, and then once you kind of get to this precipice, this like you know the this the the Leviathan kind of comes up, and so yeah, so you come to find out this this is the the they they were like the first like apex race of the the galaxy like before the reapers happened like what millions of years yep. ago like millions and so millions what the, of years so what ago. the leviathan did is the goosebumpy part they created a virtual intelligence an artificial intelligence with one mandate preserve life yeah because what they found is like they they kind of enslaved 
lesser race because they have this telepathic ability, right? They have, and they so we kind of ha- use the alien races as vassals, like to feed their empire, right, and send things back to them. And so they'd kind of taken over the entire galaxy. And what they would notice is that for every species, eventually they would have progressed to a certain point. They'd create artificial intelligence. And then there'd be a war, and they would kill each other, and like the or the, AI the AIs in the, the company and the people that made the AI. Yeah, they were the ones at war. Yeah, okay. and the AIs a lot of time would like kill their people off, right? And they just kept happening, and they couldn't stop the happening. So, like Bill said, they, they decide, okay, we're going to create an AI with one mission: preserve life. That's it. Now, unfortunately. This AI, again, it's making its own decisions, and it tries all of these different things, and it keeps failing, and it keeps failing, and it keeps failing, and eventually it comes up with the solution that's the cycle, right? Well, if I extinguished all the advanced races before they can do this, then AIs can't rise and they can't destroy all life. And there'll be lesser races on other planets that can grow up and keep life flourishing. So are the Geth and the Quarian just a little ahead of schedule then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that's why so they are, that's why the, these... that's why these cycles are as far apart as they are is to give enough time for them to progress, enjoy their time. But before they're going to get to that part of creating an AI that'll destroy all life, eh-eh, we're stopping it. So how are these squid creatures still alive? How have they not been wiped out in any of these cycles? So this indoctrination thing that the Reapers have, they created... What happens is every time there's a harvest, the Reapers make more Reapers. That's how they procreate. That's how yeah. they continue. Well, the first Reaper was built on these leviathans race and that's why they look like those squid like harbinger and stuff that you see like that's why they look like that and they have sure. they have that indoctrination ability from them so so real quick harbinger was the first reaper so the oh, okay. a, the, the the ai or vi whatever you want to call it used the yeah. genetic material from the leviathan race to create the first reaper which was harbinger and the turn of the ai on the leviathan race was like like super super fast it wasn't some long prolonged thing it was like once they figured out this is what they were going to do it happened so quickly and so many of that leviathan race were exterminated we don't know how many are left like this is the only one that uh, we've communicated with uh, so far uh, in this dlc is this one that's hiding and he's that and that's why he's there so that he's not uh, uh, going to be uh, uh, perceived by uh, by the reaper harvest so these you presume there's probably some but you don't know how many you just mean mm-hmm. the one right and they've kept themselves safe by basically the Reapers learn about this stuff a lot through indoctrination and just knowledge. Like, oh, well, we, this person we indoctrinated knows this stuff, so we know we know it now, right? Well, what they've done is they've used their influence basically to always kill everyone off, anybody that ever comes there, so nobody ever learns that they're there. And so the Reapers can never figure out 
that they're there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do they live an extraordinary long time too? Or they they have normal life cycles? They don't say that, but they're huge. Like they're like reaper sized. They're they're massive, yeah. And then and that's the the reason you find out, like the only reason Shepard got that close is because the Leviathan knows that the Reapers fear Shepard because of how far he's got of him killing uh uh like sovereign and uh uh and harbinger before so they know through their like indoctrination and their abilities to like uh, get information that the reapers are afraid of shepherd which is why they allow shepherd to like come down and like meet with them and that's part of the leviathan dlc is like getting them to like if not like assist you be like hey like, you have to help us you have to help like stop this thing you created and the Leviathan are like hesitant to do it because they're like, you know, these guys like destroyed us in like no time at all. But at the same time, they recognize how far Shepard has uh, come against uh, the Reapers, like further than anyone else has, has come before. And before you find them, it's like as you're kind of like getting closer, you find kind of like cave drawings of them. And even the people in your party, they're like, it looks like it looks like a reaper but like it doesn't look like any reaper we've ever seen because it kind of looks organic because it is organic like it's the source of where the reapers come from and then at the end of the game when you're talking to the like the ai that is kind of like caught like doing this cycle it's like this is the ai that the leviathan race created oh the catalyst yes that like that like like, yeah the little like the like the you know spoiler alert for the end but like the boy uh the the vision of the boy at the very end that gives you the choice at the end of the game that's the ai that they created that started the cycle so and then when you're talking to them it's like you're like we aren't and leviathan says a lot of really cool things but he's like uh he's like we aren't uh like we aren't we like we aren't the enemy like uh like we aren't the cause we're like a symptom of you know like uh of what we made um but it's it's so so cool to to see like an origin of the reapers because before this it's always been like ah they, they just do this they just come every once in a while and they do some stuff and we don't know why and like now that you kind of have like that like final look behind the curtain where it's like this is the actual origin uh of uh, so like all the dlc in three like chris said like none of it is just throwaway stuff like dlc a lot of the time can be all of it is super super important to the to the overall uh, uh story or some of the background does javik have some cool interaction in this part too no it's your only shepherd down here yep oh, okay. so you're in your like you're in your like titanfall outfit and like you've dropped down there so there's no one else with you during this interaction i mean he gets to learn about some of it later that's why i, I without trying to ruin anything that's why i kept trying so much like man kelsey you should really do the legendary edition i kept trying to tell yeah. you because i'm like there's so much that's so important i i don't take hints you gotta be blunt i tried i like tried <laughs> to tell you take the money that we buy have, this buy the vacuum game. cleaner I tried everything you wouldn't do it so anyway um and so yeah you get them to join and lend their abilities to the fight um but that like learning then that's the real scary part to me is that you learn like what you think may have been like a few cycles no this has been going on for millions of years but i was under that impression it was at least hundreds of thousands yeah like millions of years and as you kind of learn through the story like this crucible project like the protheans didn't come up with it like everybody just adds one gets a little further and it gets a little further and it gets a little further every cycle um 
Okay, so at the last piece of, I think this last, remind me, Bill, there's, I think this is the last piece is the Citadel mm-hmm. DLC. There was also a um, uh, uh, Omega. Oh, yeah, we can talk about Omega. Okay, maybe there is one throwaway piece of DLC. <laughs> yeah, of, of, of all the ones that I played, um, it was like, and just because, you know, it's uh, Carrie Ann Moss yeah. is uh, is Arya, so like, it's kind of cool. But yeah, you go back to Omega, which was a fairly, um, uh, you know, well-traveled uh, destination in two. So it was nice to go back to Omega and have some interaction. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty generic, you know, Mass Effect missions. It was like, you kind of had like a little... You know, you had to kind of infiltrate, and like then you had your little base, and then there was like a handful of missions where you had to run over here, kill some guys, run over here, kill some guys. I couldn't tell you without looking up the story, you know, like what it was. Arya had it was like just a, a whole rival. bunch of missions. Remember, like, mm. and remember, somebody, uh, a Cerberus had taken over this, hit, taken over the the station. Remember, there was mm. like this villain guy who's like yep. uh, an admiral or whatever, right? And Mm-hmm. He had taken Cerberus had taken over, and she wanted it back, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was like an, a female Turian that you know That's right. fought, yeah, fought yeah. back and forth, and they team up, and and eventually you get take take it back, right? Uh, yeah, it makes no sense because you're like the world is blowing up. Why would I waste my time with this? But right, right. Anyway, you do. Uh, it was uh, Nyrene. <laughs> Nyrene, yes. Okay, so Nyrene. she's a female Turian. And she's leading the resistance, right? And eventually they, they band together and they take out General What's-His-Name. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, I think you even have the option of like getting him to stand down or something. I mean, Yeah, that's right, because when you get to the very end and then like you, uh, it's, you do get the choice, you're like, you know, do you, you know, Let there's like a Paragon him. Renegade check. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then you just end up giving it back to Arya, and Arya kind of does that. Spe- and it's it's a really weird speech because like it's meant to be like rousing, but it's like she's always kind of felt like an undergroundy sort of warlordy type person. So for her to get up on like billboards all over and it keeps showing all over Omega, like we have taken it back. And I just imagine everyone looking up at her like a- you've been like <laughs> you've been oh, like no. murdering yeah. everyone. You're, You're like. Yeah, you're like Cohagen. Like, why are you talking to us? But yeah, and then it was like, I went to go leave, and I'm like, I had other stuff to do. And it's like, are you sure you want to leave? And I didn't take that to heart, because they didn't tell me, like, oh, like once you leave, you can't come back. Which is really weird for, like, a piece of DLC. Like, for them to give you a location, and then not give you a way to go back to it, like, once you fly away from it one time. So, like I said, I had, like, three side quests or, like, little things that I didn't do on omega that i i could have done but uh but yeah that's of all the pieces of content for for uh, dlc for three that's that's the most um you know you don't need to do it to to enhance your understanding of mass effect did you let her kill general what's face or did you spare him I, I honestly don't remember but if you ask me right now what would i do like i would probably let her kill him i, I let her go totally like crazy evil like i mean she <laughs> it was i mean to the point where i was like oh man that's, that's yeah. very vicious it's almost like okay. i should stop this because it's vicious mm. but yeah he gets murdered um yeah. or you can keep i don't, rem- I don't you can like keep I don't him because he's like oh so maybe he's I... gonna help you 
like uh, yeah my... i don't remember i don't remember a vicious death so i i probably spared him if i would have like remembered how vicious it was so i probably spared yeah, him it was pretty vicious so she's yeah. uh she's not real happy let's just say that yeah. she's not real happy um okay so the citadel uh the citadel like uh, basically the gist is um we gotta park the the normandy for repairs like we for before we go to the end we gotta park it for some repairs you know and so you're gonna go have dinner on the citadel and you got a fancy dress and you're gonna go have dinner and uh then there's an assassin uh that's trying to kill you (laughs) and there's this um like alliance officer that you run into and she joins you to remember what her name was um uh yeah she was i loved her uh until the twist twist. so uh so it's it's like she plays like this bumbling newbie in in the like the alliance and she's like oh hey mm-hmm. i'm here to meet you you know like she's yeah. but she's like of course like i don't know what's going on uh but an assassin is there and so of course like everything goes crazy and you have to run and everyone's trying to assassinate shepherd but like the thing is like you don't have your suit you don't have a shield you have like this total garbage handgun that isn't even like a real gun um mm. And so basically, it's like a stealth mission. It's almost like a Metal Gear Solid kind of thing. It's like yep. you have to like sneak all these ways and right. like, oh, when he's not looking, I gotta go and do this. And yeah, or you can do what I do and just run like crazy, and and yep. I, that works too. So so yeah, it's it's like a pistol with a suppressor. So and it, the reason it has a suppressor is because at some point you can like you have to make your way through and you don't want the gunfire to like attract like anyone's attention. So you can just take them out one at a time. Uh, the character's name is Brooks, Brooks. uh, who, uh, so, and, and so she, so you're at dinner with Joker and Brooks shows up and she's like, yo, there's an assassin. Like I'm, I'm with like, uh, like, uh, 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 you know, the, uh, the UN, like, you know, like this, whatever division, I've got some Intel. Someone's here to assassinate you. And then you see the people show up. So Brooks is taken hostage and you have to kind of like, you know, make your way out and like rescue her, which you do. And, uh, it, it becomes this whole, you know, <laughs> it's hilarious. Convolute. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's really, pretty great. It's you don't expect, but it's very funny. Like that whole DLC yeah. is ridiculously well. The entire DLC it's is really so funny. Well Constantly. It does. It does get, do the cardinal sin of, having like people talk uh where you can't repeat that dialogue like in the middle of combat though yeah so there'll be like guns firing and people shooting and grenades going off and like someone will crack a one-liner and I'll, you'll get a few of them and it's like oh that was funny but a bunch of them it's like man i wish i knew what he said right there <laughs> so um you're running and then eventually yeah um but rex shows up right to help you and to rescue you okay. and he joins your party and uh you can play with Rex for a little while. Um, I'm trying to remember how it stopped me, Bill, if I ever missed something. Um, so you get her back, but I'm try- who's the other like main baddie? What's her name? Mm. Do you remember? I don't remember. Okay, I'm going to do the, the short version, and Bill will correct me. So the short version of this whole story is Cerberus. You remember how like Cerberus had the Lazarus Project? Oh yeah, and that's uh, uh, so they made. Uh... Now, so so besides that, do you remember the uh, the Jodie Foster movie Contact? Yeah. So remember what they did? Like they made the thing, 
and then it got destroyed. And it's like, oh, don't worry. We made another. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you you get to find out that um, they had a backup shepherd. Spare shepherd. And uh, (laughs) so this dude like walks out of like the shadows and you're like, who is this? Well, for me, it was, yeah, it was, it was uh, 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 my boy, uh, Shep. And so he comes out. And it just becomes this, like, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, uh, <laughs> moment where, like, they're looking at each other and it's like, what's going on here? And it's, you know, so it's your clone and your they kind of, like, they get, it's your evil yeah, twin. so, they, they, so they, they get you in a, in a position eventually after, like, a bunch of firefights and guns and stuff where they get you and your crew in a position where you, you're, like, force fielded shut. And it's like, and then you find out uh, that Brooks and uh, uh, evil clone Shepard are like in on it together and it's like oh the double cross and i liked her she was good she was funny she was you believed her and then they're like she works for cerberus so like now like you know what like we're just gonna leave you here forever and like they leave and it's like you're in this like little thing and it's like yeah there's no way we're getting out of here and one of the most amazing scenes in like all of mass effect so like they're trapped in this thing and it the camera just kind of starts like slowly backing up and you start to see that they're like one you know, room in like just this array of dozens and hundreds and thousands, and it's slowly backing up. But it's just jokes. It's like I, don't sound, uh, I can't believe like, I don't sound like that, do I? Like yeah, like, like do I? Do I? <laughs> yeah, because like he's he's like uh, like uh, I'm gonna be the shepherd you never could. Yeah, be. because this and shepherd then, like, didn't have the memories. It was just the right. body, and so this right, new like, shepherd doesn't have the memories, and it's just like I just yeah. want to take over. Yeah, like all the genetic material, but like none of the the previous experiences. So like he's all like you know he's, he's full on like I'm gonna be the real one and take over. Yeah. So he, he so you're like about to be, you're like marooned and you're about to like be dead a forever. Museum, it's like, a museum that you're like a space yeah. museum, and you get to go through it as a part of the thing. And like you see yeah. all these exhibits and like all this information, but then yeah, you get locked in basically what is like a thing to hold like you know things. Uh, long-term like storage in a museum yeah and it, but it's just one joke after it's like i don't really sound like that and he's like oh so, sometimes you sound like that <laughs> like just oh like uh, like uh, over and over again and then at some point someone's like uh like like how comes no one's worried about like us being stuck in here like for eternity and then shepherd's like oh yeah and then just here get like uh, like Edie, get me out of here yeah. and then like they like <laughs> do some hacking and then you get out and you end up, you know, uh, like fighting. But another cool thing about the Citadel DLC is at some point, or sorry, at a few points during it, it's the only time in the whole trilogy where it's not just three people in your party. It's like everyone that you could possibly have teams of three teams of three. And it's so cool because like, you'll, you'll be going with your dudes and there'll be like another catwalk over here and you'll see those three. And they're like, "Oh, Shepard, we got you!" And like they're covering this side, and then the other guys are on below, below, and they're trying to jump up. So it's the only time in the whole game where, for like a good like extended period of time, there's like nine, ten like people in the squad, like all moving, all fighting together, and all talking at the same <laughs> like you know like they're bantering with each other and stuff during combat. And there's even like that one point where like they're like all lined up with their guns drawn, like on that yep. ledge, but um. So eventually, right? Yeah, you get sprung, and you have to stop Evil Shepherd, right? Because yep. that Evil Shepherd's going to go take over and take your place, right? Yeah. 
And so you have to catch up and, and kill Evil Shepherd. Because what's happened is they, Evil Shepherd, took the Normandy. Like, is taking the Normandy because it, it's Shepherd, right? They'll let Shepherd on. So you go right. on it, like, Cerberus and Evil Shepherd have taken over the Normandy, and you have to, like, liberate the Normandy. And you have this big fight, right? Where inside the Normandy's, yeah. like, hangar, like, where, at, where the, yeah. like, that bottom level. And you're. And you're like fighting your way onto the Normandy to the point where I'm thinking they're gonna take off without me, like, and no one's gonna know that we're on here. But like, you you fight your way onto the Normandy, and Cerberus is just already fully. Yeah, on and it. they fly, they're flying the Normandy out, and like while you're having yeah. this fight, uh, so you're fighting like the end, you know, like the the back like payload door is open. It's very like action movie esque. It's 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 very Air Force yeah. One, yeah, and many other movies. And yeah, I will say like your clone is re- at least on Insanity is like ridiculously powerful, like way more powerful mm. than you ever could be. Because like you have to like basically what it's scripted. So because Brooks is there and your clone is there, and you have to like take your Eventually, what it is, you have to take Brooks down. But, like, to do that, you have to, like, take your clone down and then, like, Brooks and then back and forth. Because that's, like, triggers the, the dialogues and everything. Because, um, like, if you just try to focus, like, on your clone, they'll get to a certain point and then they'll just come back. So, eventually, like, you go through and you, you kill Brooks. And, like, your clone is typical action movie, like, at the end... It gets knocked and is like hanging on to like the edge of the like cargo bay thing yeah. and is about to fall out and die and like you're flying over and you have a choice right do you lend a hand and like try to save your clone or do you just like uh, let him go and so uh, I'm curious Bill what, what did you do I let him go Okay, so did I. But I wanted to know. Yeah. Even if you try to lend your lend him a hand, the clone goes, "No thanks," and <laughs> so the clone falls to its death, and that's the end of mm. Evil Shepherd. But I mean, this whole thing is like hilarious and long and yeah. really, do- really and dumb. you know what else is really awesome about that whole set piece is like you're on the Normandy, you're fighting, but it's flying, and as it's flying, like you've net like. We've never been like flying like high speed in Citadel area before. So like, and you when you when you're on the Citadel and you kind of look up, you just see like the big wings. And there's been like a few times where you kind of get the scale of it, but like it always just kind of looks flat, like like almost like the Halo ring. Like when you look at it, it's like it just looks like a ring, but then you see how massive it is. So when you're flying through in this fight. You're like going through skyscrapers, like there's like buildings everywhere, and like when like you let him go, he like slams into a skyscraper. Like, it's really like is really great at showing like the scale of the citadel and like that that big fight. And the thing is like that's just like the story part. Like, there's still like oh, yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff in Citadel. The citadel is enormous. Okay, so yeah, so after that pizza den, you basically um, you get this apartment that you've been using is um anderson's anderson's apartment right and eventually he gives it to you but Mm -hmm. um so there's a couple like an area you can go to so there's like uh some games you can play and so what basically is like 
every like Bill was saying, like you can call up basically every character and have like a little dialogue with them and go through some things, and some of them you're like playing a game yeah. with. And then there's also this yeah. arena where you can go and fight like holograms. And you can use any of your previous characters in your team in this hologram fight. And there's prizes, so if you do really well, eventually, like, the top prize is, like, this super um, phantom suit from the the, uh, uh, Cerberus. So, Bill, did you do all the fights and get get the suit? Oh, excuse me. I was trying my best to get through quickly, so I did all of the story content. I didn't do any of the extra stuff on the Silver Sun Strip. Um, I did plan for the party. Um, I did call people up to the room, like, oh, let's see what Miranda's doing. And Miranda comes up, and you chat for a little while about, like, oh, how's your father? Oh, good one. And then, like, how's your sister? Oh, she's doing better. And, like, you kind of, like, have your little glass clink, and it really is just, like, a nice moment of closure because if I didn't have that, the last thing I had with Miranda was like in two where it's like I defended Jack and then you looked at Miranda and I'm like, are we cool? And she's like, not even close. And that's like the last thing we said to each other. So just the fact that you can have that little like, you know, glass clink at the end of the day uh, was really cool. And so, yeah, so you can what you do is you set up um, you can do all this other fun stuff. But also there's a party, right? This like suggested that you should throw a party. And so you do, you, you fill out your guest list and you bring them in and this party's done like in stages and like everybody's there and they have a little banter, but like Miranda and Jack are like together in one part and they're like, again, like backing and forth, like calling each other names, yep. but they're doing it in fun. Yep. And everybody has like these really fun things. Like you start off and you like can ask everybody and talk to everybody and then you go to like the next phase of the party, like you know, turn the music up or turn it down, and yeah, all that. yeah, your a, your a, your AI, your the, like the VI in your apartment's like, oh, it seems like people are like ready to, uh, you know, to, to dance. Like, shall I turn the music up? Yeah, turn the music up. And there's this really funny thing with uh, uh, with your boy Freddie Prince and um, Liara, like they're upstairs in the apartment and they're kind of going back and forth, be like, oh, I don't know, like, you know, like biotics are okay, I guess, but like nothing like, you know, just having like a big beefy soldier with like some guns and stuff. And Liara's like, uh, I don't think you quite know. So like then Liara's just like lifting him uh, just randomly at the party and he's like, okay, okay, <laughs> like I got it. <laughs> it's just, it's just cool soldier, you know, like blowing off steam on shore leave stuff. And like you just walk to another area and Edie's talking, you know, like with some of the crewmates and like, uh, uh, it's, I forget the, the woman's name, but like, like Edie knows trainer? that Talk about trainer, uh, trainer yeah. yeah. So like, like Edie, like trainer has said things before, like I- insinuating that she's like attracted to Edie. So Edie's like, well, you know, I figured from when you said that you'd like to push my voice against a, <laughs> a, a wall and, and mount it, that that meant that you were attracted to me. And Trainer's like, I didn't know you were listening. Right. Stop talking <laughs> so, about this. Stop talking about this. Yeah. Like, it's like, a Trainer, I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. Like the time that you said, nah, <laughs> It's just There's like tons every, of and these, then like tons of these yeah, it's and it's it's just on. one one after the other, and then like you and you join in, and the first at first you're just like over less like just like um, eavesdropping, right? And then at, at, there's a point that you can join the conversation. It's like. And then you can take someone's side. Well, you know, I think Rex has a point here. Like, uh, I think Joe, I, or like uh, between Joker and Edie, Edie's like, 
uh, Shepard, I would like Jeff to dance with me. He does not want to dance. And, like, so you have to either convince Edie that, like, hey, it's okay, not everyone likes to dance, or go tell Joker, hey, that's your woman. Like, get, like, you have billion dollar legs. Like, go out there and, like, dance with her. And it's just one interaction after the other, and they're so good, and the party just keeps going. And then at, at one point, like, the party's, you know, like, it's like the next morning, and you're just, like, nursing everyone's hangover. So it's like you go into one room, and it's just, like, the military guys making eggs. Who wants eggs? Eggs? Everybody? Eggs, eggs, <laughs> eggs. And I just think of, like, you know, the guys who are uh, who are always like that, who are just, like, yeah, ready for eggs. And then Garrus with a hangover be like, oh, what did he say? He was like, uh, he was like, oh... And it's all fan service, right? So Garrus is like, I am so hungover, I don't even think I could do any calibrations. <laughs> oh, and Tally is hilarious. Oh, yep. She's like, just, oh. She's just sort of like, oh my god, oh, it feels terrible. Yeah. And, 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 and Garrus is like, yeah, I guess maybe I say that word too much, but it's not as bad as Liara. By the goddess. <laughs> and you wake up oh, next to like whoever so you've been romancing, right? Like out of bed. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize this. So I had to look this up because I was curious. There is a, a way where you can wake up next to, to Javik. <laughs> to Javik? <laughs> and, uh, and he makes some comment about, you know, well, there's one thing that uh, primitives are good at. <laughs> But, uh, I didn't know that one. That might not be an option for. Uh, it, I think it's basically it's like uh, you have to like not romance anybody or something like that. And gotcha. He's, he's what happens or something like that. Yeah, I didn't romance anyone in the first game. Like not intentionally. I just didn't. And then like someone visited me. <laughs> I remember you talking about that? You were just like, and, oh, thank you. Yeah, it was like I think it was I think Caden it was Caden. Yeah. I didn't romance anyone. Then Caden shows up, and he, and it's like. It's it, it's either like save that thought for like after the battle, or like uh, I, I forget like whatever the like decline option was. It was like oh, I'm good. Let's talk later. But yeah, it's uh, Li- Liara's my girl from two on pretty much. So uh, but yeah, I mean Citadel was a blast. Uh, I mean again like total fan service, but like the the story and the the missions are actually really good, really funny, unique uh, gameplay mechanics that you don't see anyplace else with the the squad mates. Um, it's 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 a and you I would consider it a new area even though it's the Citadel, but it's it's parts of the Citadel that you would never. Uh, you know, kind of see otherwise or, or get to. So, just uh, like it's total the, the best service. example of DLC, total yeah. fan service, and you get to go meet everybody again. You know, even like the really weird ones, like all like the the DLC ones from two, and you're like, oh, you know, why would I, you know, worry too much? But anyway, so yeah, I again, you missed a lot in that. So let's, I guess, get back to the main story. So Kelsey can rejoin the conversation. Um, all right. So now that we've got the the Krogans involved, and the Krogans are going to help the Turians, so now the Turians can help the Earthlings, right? Because basically the Krogans are going to keep the Turian homeworld from collapsing, so the Turians can mm-hmm. land their ships and fleet and stuff to defend Earth and slow the Reapers down. And so the next thing is the Quarians, right? How do we got to get the Quarians involved? So, yeah, got to go out to the flotilla. 
And uh, Kelsey, boy, we've been, Bill and I have been talking forever. So tell us about the Quarry and Saga. <laughs> oh, so I'm a little rusty, but I remember the payoff very well of this one for me because it was one of the most interesting parts in the whole trilogy. Uh, but so they are talking about going to straight war with the Geth, right? They yes. started war with the Geth to take back their right, home yeah. world. Right. So you, th- they're not interested in helping until that's dealt with. Like they're mm. very much focused on home first before anything else is even an option. So you got to figure that out. Yep. And uh, am, am I right or am I misremembering things? Legion still around here? We run into Legion. Trying to remember at what point in time. Because we have to go on to the Dreadnought, and he's the one that mm-hmm. gets us there. Yeah, kind of hacks you in, and, and uh, once you get him to the core, you have to make a choice with him, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah. So, so yeah, so the, you get to the Geth uh, Dreadnought, and, like, you have to board and disable it. So when you arrive, um, uh, like, there's this, like, Reaper signal that you've been, like, following and, like, trying to, like, figure out what's going on with it. And, like, kind of, like, the it opens up and, like, the, I don't know if you'd call it, like, the battery that's, like, in this whole thing, but, like, the Legion is in there. Oh, that's so, right, yes. So I wonder if you guys wonder what's in there if Legion died in the suicide mission. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Because my Legion did not make it out of Mass Effect 2, and I still have a screenshot on my Normandy of, like, all the fallen comrades. Legion, just one word, is right on there. So imagine my surprise when it opens up, and it's Legion, and Shepard says, Legion! And then this thing says, we are not Legion. (laughs) So... It is definitely Legion. <laughs> like it's got so, like the N7 like plate on it. It's got stuff. the N7, but like it's almost like a hologram. Like it's been like re and like there's like chunks missing, and like you're like I don't understand. And he's like, uh, like, like since it's all like one intelligence, like this frame was rebuilt from the knowledge of the rest of the Geth. So, but it, but every time you say Legion, this thing says. We are not Legion. But then, like, keeps, like, going on. And the funniest thing is I have the subtitles on, and at the bottom it says, you know, like, Shepard, Legion. And then it says, Legion, we are not Legion. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, even the game thinks that it's Legion. But it's funny because it happens throughout, like... As long as long as you're together, and like there's a, there's uh, you know like later on when it's like the last interaction you have, and he's like, all right, thanks, Legion. We are not Legion. And then <laughs> they keep going. But yeah, so it's same same voice, same. And again, like I the the hologram of the missing parts of the body might look a little bit different compared to if, if he's your Legion, but it's very much beer fest of like uh, you know like oh, I'm not landfill. Uh, I'm Landfill's identical twin brother, but why don't you just call me Landfill? <laughs> so I guess we got to back up. There's a couple things real quick that we kind of skipped over, sort of. Um, but that whole, like, when we got back to the Citadel, uh, Kai Lang shows up to try to kill the Deltras. That's where we find out about Kai Lang. Because hmm. um, uh, the Drell, Thane, if he's alive at least, um, stops Kai Lang. Uh, at least in my game, he did. He did not in my game. Oh, so who's not see who anything. stopped Kai Lang then, or did the Deltras die? Uh, I stopped her. 
Or I stopped him, yeah. There was no no one else. It was Shepard in mine, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I don't know about Bill, but in mine, Thane stops the... Because that's what leads to Thane's death. Is um, he's oh. He comes down to fight Kai Lang. And Kai Lang gets hurt, but also stabs Thane. Um, and that's what leads to Thane dying right. at, in the game. Oh, yeah, that's no, happened. That, that, sure that's I what happened in mine too. And then, yeah, she was like kind of indebted to me, or a little less hostile after that. So, what happened for you, Bill? Uh, same as you. Oh, okay. With uh, uh, Thane. With Thane. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's curious. I was kind of wondering what would happen without him. Um, that's weird too, because you said you Thane was still alive in your game. Kelsey, I guess because you never went and talked to him. No, no, he said he never. Yeah, he said he never went to Huerta. So Thane died of depression. (laughs) Side of loneliness. So Kai Lang is like, um, again, like just generic ninja bad guy, and like not even a generic generic cyborg ninja bad guy. Yeah, like he wears a mask, like a, a. like a Batman and Robin Robin mask over his eyes. Like green Hornet kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and yeah. he just kind of was like, I'm awesome. It's basically like, oh, yeah. the the elusive man lost you and he needed somebody else to do his bidding and Kai Lang is the one. And like every once in a while you hear right. me like, oh, Kai Lang! You know, like, yeah. like he's been a thing for a while. But you're always like, who the hell is Kai Lang? Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. He felt throwaway throughout the whole thing. Yeah, really. Uh, and then I remember, yeah, the whole thing with the the Corians is the Corians, yeah, they're trying to get their homeworld back, and you have to go to the Death Dreadnought because the Geth are like beating the crap out of the Corians, right? Yeah. Well, wasn't it that the Geth, in order to save themselves, made like an alliance with the Reapers? Some of them had. Okay. Because that's what you find out. Um. Like, at some point in time, right? Like, yeah, there's some of the Geth that had joined the Reapers, and there's the other ones that hadn't. So, is this where you go into, like, the Geth AI, and you kind of get to see their yeah. origins? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and you're, like, browsing around in that physical platform, yeah. which is kind of cool. So, it was a really neat-looking place, and, yeah, it was, it was really made the Geth more sympathetic than they had ever been to that point and, and fleshed mm-hmm. them out quite a bit. Um, to the point when, like, you have to kind of make a decision who you're going to side with, the, the Geth or the Corians. I, I went with the Geth. I did too. Okay, so let's talk. So um, first off, you get a certain point where... Um, okay, so you've gone through the Dreadnought, you, you rescue Legion, you find out about, you know, like, the story of the Geth. And so you're on... Ranok, right? You go down to the planet. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember how you, why you go down to the planet, but um, Tally is with you. Well, well, because the uh, what's his face, uh, the admiral, um, oh, like shot attacks down. the dreadnought. He gets shot down. Yeah. Uh, Right, like attacks the dreadnought, like while you're still on it. So like you're on it, and they're like, all right, like Shepard's in, like wait, like the wait, and then he's like, nope, nope, it's <laughs> too important, right, attack. Right. So you have to, like, escape, like, while, like, all the fire is coming in the Dreadnought. And then when you get off the Dreadnought, you're, like, in a room with uh, the Quarians together. And it's, like, you have to side with one or the other. And just politically, I was, like, uh, I was, like, I did the right thing, Admiral. 
and then the admiral is like, see, like you know, at least there's one other soldier here, uh, you know, that understands, you know, like the uh, the importance of uh, the mission over like personal safety. So, uh, but yeah, that's how you like get off the dreadnought and kind of like get like all like huddled back together. So mine went very differently. Okay. Very very differently. Uh, where when we got off the dreadnought, uh, the admiral's ship was like being attacked. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I have other things to do right now. Like he's on his own. Like he disobeyed everybody's advice. Oh, like wow. he can deal with the consequences. So when I got down <laughs> to Rannoch, uh, I'm talking to Tally about, she's like, this is where my dad wanted to build us her home. Right. Like it was just over by this lake. And then you hear on her comms that the Admiral ship got shot down and he's dead. Mm. And, and she turns around and tells you that she's like, the Corians are dead. Like you sided with the Geth. Like we're not going to recover from this. She takes off her mask mm. and then jumps off the cliff and kills herself right in front of me. So, so I'll tell you the same thing happened to me, but like the order of operations is a little bit different. So, uh, so we're, so we're there and I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, I'm there with Legion okay, yeah, so- and lead and, and, and Legion's like, okay, like, like you, like, do you want to like say, can we save the Geth? No, well, he wants to, um, his thing is like he's got that reaper code and he like right. he wants That's to right. upload this reaper code to yeah. the collective he, and he's, yeah because it will and, he, and he's like yep and he's like we can modify it we can make it so they're not hostile get them out of the cycle but it'll like break like the shackles uh that the like the reapers like have on the geth and the geth will be like a free people or like a free race or yeah. free beings like for the first time and to me i'm like yeah, absolutely. And to me, I wasn't thinking of Tali as a friend because I really do like her. And They're like the so cor- like, and the and and the Cori- the Corians as a whole, it's like it's a different story. But like Tali, I would I would do a lot more for than the Corians. So when Legion, who I absolutely love, also, and he's proven to me that without you know like like a, a malicious uh, you know like a, a, the malicious influence whether it's the reapers or bad code or you know like like uh, any other any other bad thing going on legions invaluable imagine having like a legion prime or like you know like 10 legions so like when he's like i can make this so that the geth are going to be you know like uh free of this instantly that's an easy decision like between that for the for the geth or the quarians like absolutely i'm taking the geth so i make that decision and then tali like looks at me she's like like no like don't don't do this and i kind i I don't think i was given an option to say anything she's just saying that in the cutscene, and same thing she kind of turns and she takes her mask off and she's like our like our people are dead like our, our you've you've killed our people and same thing she like jumps to her death but there is a paragon check in my game so they gave me a chance to like, I guess, like try and save her and like maybe you know like get her some help. So and I th- and I don't know if it was a really really short check, but like I hit that trigger as quickly <laughs> as I could. She still fell. So Tali did not make it to the Citadel DLC party. Okay, so on mine it's different. So <laughs> a similar, right? We get down there and again, like you have to go find the admiral and then you get mm-hmm. to that part where legion's like hey we've gone through and all this stuff i've again i can upload this reaper code and it will make us much better and and again like i'll but i'll like take care of the bad stuff so we'll be good and we'll help you and again like tally's like no no please you can't do this they'll wipe us out right like this mm-hmm. will be the end of us and 
so I don't remember exactly what the conversation was, but eventually I was like, okay, yeah, okay, go ahead, Legion, upload the code. And she did it. But some, unlike yours, though, I had a conversation with her, and eventually at some point in time, like, I calmed all the Quarians down, mm-hmm. and and long enough to where he uploaded the code, and then, like, all the, the guest ships and everything just, like, stopped shooting. Like, instantly mm-hmm. stopped. Like, you saw, like, them just go down. And I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. Like I think that happened in mine, and that's when the Admiral was like, now we gotta kill them, and, and yeah, the Geth were just defending themselves against that. So, well, like, the Geth stop all their hostilities, and, like, they basically, like, right off into the sunset. Like, everybody is okay, we've calmed it down, everybody is going to work together, and, like, the Quarians can come back and live on the planet now. And so they like come down and they have conversations about, Oh, it'll take us hundreds of years to reacclimatize to this from living in our suits and such, 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 such. But essentially you, you've got the Geth on your side and you've got the Quarian fleet to help you as well. I did not have the Quarian fleet to help me. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Quarian fleet was, was done. Okay. That's interesting. That's, because, yeah, I had Tally and everything. And I, like, from that point on, I had Tally that I could use. No. Lucky yeah, she, she she jumped to her demise. Okay. I don't remember a Paragon check in mine either. I, I definitely had a Paragon check. And I was Max Paragon. Like, I was always, that's, I, that's my name, Max Paragon. So, yeah, in both the previous games, I was Max Paragon pretty early. But because mm. I, I'm, I might have been role-playing three too much, I mm. definitely wasn't Max Paragon, like, for most <laughs> of the game. I remember checks where I was just, like, I couldn't do it, like, because I didn't yeah, have yeah. the ability. Oh, I want to go back one real quick thing I want to ask Bill. Bill, on the Citadel, Vega, the, the, the chin-up challenge, did you do it? <laughs> I did not. I did I not. I did it. Like so, did you? Vega. Like a certain point, like when you're talking with him, you're working out. He's like doing a punching bag thing, and there's like a chin up bar, and he's like, "My record's like 180 or something like that." And and <laughs> Shepard's like, "I can beat that." And he's like, "No <laughs> way." And so you go to the chin up bar, and like the Paragon Renegade things that you have to do, you have to like keep hitting them like a, a game to like do a chin up. Like won't come up, chin up. Hit another one, jump. and like they change the order around, so you can't just like left, right, left, right. And if you do it long enough, like eventually, like every so often, he's like, "Oh, you're getting close. You're doing pretty good, Shepard." And it's you're just watching like these different scenes of just doing chin ups. But eventually, that's like, yeah, I like I got I beat I beat Vega's record. He like dropped down. He's like, oh, "I can't believe you, Shepard. <laughs> oh, you did it." That was probably the biggest waste of time I ever had in my life. Awesome. <laughs> but it was fun. I, I love the first interaction I really had with Vega was in the bottom of the Normandy, and he's doing chin-ups on his bar while he's talking to you. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, I think this is the part. You go back to the Citadel, and the Citadel's under attack. And This is cool. And you're like, oh, what the heck? So you, you get in there, and you find out Udina has set up a coup against the council and he's just going to take mm-hmm. over and Cerberus is there because again why not Cerberus on the Citadel and you fight through 
along. But didn't Udina make a deal with them? They're part of the coup, aren't they? Yes. I thought he let them yes. in. Yeah. Yeah, he did because, um, long story short, you end up finding out he's indoctrinated. Duh. Um, but, and I guess, I'm trying to think about it's about. Okay, now we find out. I think on Horizon. No, it's before that. I can't remember where exactly where it is. At some point in time, you, f- you learn that the server soldiers ha- are modified. They're implanted with technology, and it's Reaper tech. And that's what, like, makes them, like, super soldiers. You learn that, like, earlier on, and, like, that's how they can be so coordinated. And you learn, like, essentially, like, the, the elusive man is messing around with Reaper tech. Because you have that spot where you go to that planet... Um, like sanctuary, you guys remember you go to sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. So you go to the sanctuary planet, and basically what it is is like it's been a beacon put out, like, "Hey, the Reapers are attacking. Come here. It's safe. We'll protect you and everything." Just joking, right? <laughs> oh, what could go wrong? And you go Secret there, Cerberus Lab. Yeah, and they're doing experiments where essentially the elusive man wants to recreate Reaper tech to control people but he wants to for him like to make humanity like to the next level uh and they keep working on like the signal and everything and and they really think they've got it figured out like we can do it right and they've used all these refugees as experiments and that's where like miranda's sister is there and miranda and eventually like you have to like miranda's dad shows up and you have to off miranda's dad and uh but yeah that's when you feel like this horrible thing like oh like cerberus has used this reaper tech and the signaling in their soldiers and they're not really kind of human anymore they're kind of reaperized but controlled by the elusive man mm-hmm. and uh, miranda's dad was the one doing all of these like experiments on people to try to like you know uh, recreate this technology without the negative effects of basically it's like we want to create the signal but like cut off the reaper signal so that we can control it but the reapers can't get through to the people that are indoctrinated so anyway that i just want to mention that because that makes this part a little bit more sense uh because like yeah the, the reapers are all there and i'm sorry the cerberus is all there and udina's yeah and what's his face like the citadel guard guy has been shot and uh you have to take down udina essentially right this part really caught me off guard because i remember just going to the citadel for something else and all Mm. of a sudden there was just like siege everywhere and it was very unexpected i loved it yeah and uh you know you have to deal with udina um, I don't remember if there's any way to like save Udina or anything. He's just, at least in my game, just toast. I'm trying to remember exactly how he died or if we killed him or whatever the case was. I shot him. My shepherd shot him. I yeah. had like a really quick decision to make and that was the one I made. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think I might have done that as well. But yeah, Udina's dead and you find out that essentially Udina was um, indoctrinated but like through this Cerberus Reaper tech, right? The elusive man was trying to take control of the Citadel. 
because the like Bill said before, the they're trying to find out what the catalyst is as well because they want to use it for their own control. They want to. That's the elusive man's goal through all this. If you kind of find out through these conversations, is he wants to control the Reapers. He wants to take them over and totally control them and bend them to his will uh, and quote unquote humanity's will. <laughs> So um, then we go to Thessia, right? Where we find out that um, this is one of my favorites, lore-wise. I mean, yeah. So, so while on the citadel, if I remember correctly, while on the citadel, one of the Asari, maybe the counselor or like someone associated with the Asari council, tells you about an artifact that can help you uh, figure out the catalyst situation on Thessia, but you have to go soon because Reapers are like now showing up there. So you go to Thessia, Liara insists oh, yeah. that she, Liara insists that she go with you because it's her home world to sorry. So it's one of the ones she has to come with you on. I took Javik with I me as well. Too. And you go and, uh, uh, or sorry, sorry, Garrus. This is the one where he was a jerk. Oh, I took Javik. So yeah, I, I had, I had Garrus with me. Um, so I, I said Javik, I misspoke. So you get so anyway you do some fighting you get to a spot and um, so the the artifact is supposed to be at this temple which is like the goddess uh, Athame um, and uh, so you get there and you start to realize that like it's it it seems like oddly secure for like a religious temple or like whatever it's supposed to be so then as you get closer and, and you get in there and you and you start you find out the scientists are dead but like they're not like like killed by like you know like reapers or anything like they look like they're like throats are slit like it seems really weird and then there's like kind of like artifacts all over like uh like historical artifacts and like tablets and like you know ancient things and everything you see you're like liara what is this she's like oh like this is like something about the goddess of fame like blah 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 and it's like but it, it 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 looks it looks prothean you know, and then like everything she pointed to, like Garrus was like had like a quip about be like, oh that you know that is if you're if you're you know if your history is even real or like even true oh, or something like that. And same with Javik. Javik, the whole thing is like, those are Protheans. Those your yeah. gods are <laughs> your gods are Protheans. Can't you see this? Look at me. This yeah. is a Prothean. He just yeah. kept saying, I, I it. Mega, he didn't have much to say. <laughs> yeah, he was like, is there a place to do chin ups anywhere around here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, and then you go to the next thing, and it's what is this? Oh, this is like when the goddess of Thane, you know, like did this, and it's and Garrus is like, is it just me or does that look like a Prothean? Like it's it's very like implied. So, and Liara is like kind of like freaking out about it. She's like, if this is true, like it like shakes the foundation of like the history of the Asari. So you come to find out that the the artifact that's there is a Prothean beacon. And it's activated by like the presence of uh, of a Prothean. So I didn't have Javik with me, but since Shepard has interacted with the Prothean beacons before, like it activated for that. So there's this VI that that kind of uh, comes out. And eh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like he kind of like like realizes he's like activated. He comes out, <laughs> yeah. kind of realizes how late it is in the cycle, and he's like peace out i am yeah. done it's too late <laughs> and he's about to like deactivate and shepherd's like whoa, 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 whoa just talk to me for a minute and like you actually do get to talk to him and i was misremembering before i was trying to think of the quote from leviathan and it wasn't leviathan that said it it was this vi who i think is called vendetta or something like that 
Um, but you're talking to them and you're like, what's going on? Like, what's the, like, we're just here for the catalyst. We're just trying to figure out like what the thing is for the crucible. You know, it's this Prothean, uh, you know, design. And Vendetta's like, it's not a Prothean design. It's been around for many cycles, every, you know, cycle, like the, the, you know, the, it gets improved on a little bit. It's never worked. Like, you know, no one's ever figured it out. Um, and, uh, uh, the, the best thing that you find out from him is uh like he's talking about the cycles and how like every cycle like the people get destroyed but like it's there it's it's it, he says something like it's too similar to be a coincidence like it's not exactly the same but like it it's it's part of this cycle and then you ask about the reapers and it's one of my favorite quotes in the game he says the reapers are servants of the pattern but not the creators of the pattern and that makes you think like well what like how can the reapers not be the you know the creators because we know from leviathan that like it's the leviathans that made the ai that like birthed the reapers right so the reapers are just following their uh their, their the nature of their of the intelligence uh, that was created by the leviathan so um i don't know if there's a whole lot more exposition from that but it, it's Wasn't it's it it's a... strongly implied here too that the asari use this technology to like they everyone talks about how they're oh, yeah. the first to make it so, to the uh, citadel and they use this yep. to, to get so, there and then hit it from everybody so so they had uh yeah so i, I don't, can't remember if it was implied or inferred or just flat out said but like it was definitely pushed that this is why the asari are so technologically advanced and it's uh, they broke the uh, citadel law or i don't know if it was citadel law or like council law by hiding the beacon and like keeping it for themselves and like not sharing it with everybody else uh uh but yeah it was definitely implied that uh the reason the asari are so advanced is because of the prothean tech that they have and see with javik when you have him there like he just recognizes very quickly he's like this Mm. is a a beacon right and Mm. he's going through all this stuff that same sort of thing he's like you guys had this the whole time. Like your gods are not mm. gods; they're Protheans, and yeah, he's, and same sort of thing. Like he's accusing them. Like you did this. You had. He was really angry. He's like, you had this knowledge the whole time. Why did you do this? Right? Like you know, he was really upset. Like you could have prepared for all of this mm. stuff. Yeah. Why? You know. And yep. and the AI comes out and it's the VI or whatever is saying all these things. And it says, like, oh, you know, it's too late in the cycle. And this is what to go. And uh, Javik is like, look, it's not. This one can get it done. And, like, convinces mm. them, like, no, this this uh, will work. But then again, mm. our boy shows up, right? Yeah. So what happens is before the AI can, like, tell uh, 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 Shepard, like, what the catalyst is... Uh, uh, Raiden shows up again, and this is one of my favorite uh, elusive man uh, interactions because uh, so so Raiden drops the uh, hologram uh, so that like elusive man can talk to Shepard, and since Liara is there uh, since she was like mandatory, um, he like he like burns her like he like because uh, she's like how did you know about the Prothean beacon like how are you here. And so remember at the very beginning at like the Mars thing, when like you first meet Liara and like that you've like the elusive man got there first, 
He's like, we found about we found out about this beacon like back on Mars. <laughs> like, how did you not find this? Like, how did you miss this? And she's like, oh, I don't know. So, but yeah, come to find out that like Elusive Man's known about this beacon for like ever. Uh, uh, like you know, for, it, it, as far as the story goes, and um, uh. Yeah, he, he's he's still trying to do his thing where he's like, you know, like let's not destroy this, let's control, let's uh, push the influence uh, like to the people. And uh, I don't remember how the fight starts, but I think you might be able to like trigger it, you know, with like, uh, you know, with with the speech, or it might just happen on its own. But this, I believe, is the last battle with uh, with Kai Lang, regardless. No, I think you fight him in Cerberus head. Oh, it's not? Cerberus headquarters. Oh, do you? Oh yeah, yeah, because he escapes. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You, you can't so he, kill he does him because I, I got him down mm. to like nothing. I sh- he should have been dead. But you like that's you can right. keep hitting him and like he'll just magically live. So there's no way to yeah. truthfully kill him in this fight. Yeah, even though like you should totally be able to kill him because trust mm-hmm. me, like he was dead. But magic. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he because he escapes with the vi right. He he takes that's right. With him. Yeah, yeah. And you're like rats foiled again yeah yeah um again but that sets up the next phase of things oh or was that okay did that set up horizon maybe that was the world where you went to where that had like sanctuary was that it i can't remember isn't isn't there a choice because i think you can do horizon or thessia maybe like after you after you visit the citadel so you it's so i think you can do both because because uh, at that point once you go to Cerberus headquarters, that's when they're like, "All right, guy, like this is it." So, like, you either do Horizon or Thessia first. Okay. See, that's it. Anyway, though, hey, we gotta go get Kai Lang and the Elusive Man because they've got this Prothean VI. It's gonna tell us where the catalyst is. So we gotta go find them. And they're like, "How are we gonna find them?" Well, don't worry, I put a tracking thing on there. And oh, we, we did miss find one, out. one quick thing before we oh, jump okay, to go Cerberus that I, I want to bring up. Uh, is if you save the Rachni Queen in one, um, you get oh, a yeah, signal yeah. from her to go go follow up with that. So I, I forget what the planet's name is, but you land there, and it's like cave systems everywhere. You got to go through to try and find her. Grunt, and yeah, and Grunt shows up with a little squad of uh, of Krogans that don't last too long, other than Grunt. And you find the queen, once again, has got herself in trouble, and she's been indoctrinated, right? And so she's, like, again, um, like... You well, no, be... she's not, but, like, all the Rachni have, like, they're, they're using right, the Rachni. all my kids are. Yeah. 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 So she's like, help me, you know, kill my children again, and, uh, and I'll swear my oath to you once more kind of thing. Um, so you got to kill all the Rachni there. Uh, the only reason I wanted to bring it up, besides just loving Grunt, was he had a really cool moment where he, I thought he was going to his death, where you're trying to escape, you're getting overwhelmed, and he's like, I got Same. this. Shepherd. Oh my god, he yeah. runs towards them and just gets overwhelmed while he's killing them, and yeah. just so that you guys can get out. And I thought that was the end of Grunt. And then when you're boarding your ship, you just see him come out covered in Rachni or like everywhere and yeah still alive so that was awesome i almost forgot about that but yeah and you're you're like you go like down to the depths and like uh like it and they really sell it like it's slow motion and someone gets on his back and he flings it off yeah. and shoots and then shotgun I and like he just jumps into the pit 100 percent sure that was because the they've killed every other character every like like uh, what's his name zaid 
there's like a real quick thing like oh Zaid called he's in this thing and like you walk into a room and he's like already been shot and he's like <laughs> coughing and you're and he's like oh we had some good times together didn't we Blah. and like that's it there's like so many like really really fast like deaths so like I could have totally seen them be like all right you know we had Rexon for a little while uh, you know like it's this this is the way for him to go out especially since he wasn't in favor of. Uh, saving the Rachni to begin with. He was like, this is a yeah. bad idea, Like you shouldn't do this. So if he went out that way, it'd be very similar to the Ark of Morden. Um, but yeah, like they, they really sold you on thinking he was going to die, and he like just comes out of there just covered in like Rachni gut. Uh, it's so good. I just want to think, because they all have, like, all the, of course, characters have this little special story arc they go through, and I don't know if we need to get into yeah. all of them, but the one I do want to bring up, though, is Garrus. Like, before it's all over, he's like, before this is all done, here's there's one thing I want to do. Come with me. And he flies you up on a shuttle to this part of the Citadel where you're not supposed to go. And he's like, back when I was C-Sec, you know, we would... But, so, anyway, the short version is, like, he sets this thing up like a target shooting practice. Like, we're going to finally figure out who's the best. And so they throw a target up, bang, bang. Very Rocky Three. Yeah, and you get a choice at a certain point. You can either take the shot and beat Garrus, yep. or you can miss on purpose. So, not mm-hmm. that I think it's consequential, but I'm just kind of curious what you guys do. I beat him. I did not have. Yeah, I didn't have that happen in my. What? I didn't. It didn't have it happen in my. Neither of you. I, I beat no. him. So, I, oh, like I beat him did in you, the marksman contest. Yeah. Did oh, you okay. have to? Did you have to? Did you have to initiate it, or because like, or did you have to talk to him? Like, if like, what's her face was like, oh, Garrus wants to talk to you real yeah. quick. Yeah. I yeah. Something initiated, and then yeah, we like Chris said, we like flew out to somewhere, opened the door, got on top yeah. of the vehicle, and started shooting crap off the top of the car. It was like yeah, somewhere on the Citadel you're not supposed to go, right? Like this is yeah. this off limits area. But he's like, whatever, the world's ending, right? That that did not happen in my game. So whether I didn't trigger it or whether you know just yeah, and he didn't die. I had him the whole game, but that did not happen in my game. It was kind of cool. It's kind of like this buddy moment, mm-hmm. like a buddy cop yeah, moment. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, you can either let him win or you can take the shot. And it doesn't really matter a whole lot. You just kind of like you know, I I let him win. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's yeah, I'm the best, and you know all this <laughs> stuff, and and then you kind of buddy up after that and made him feel good i guess right so so again in the in the interest of not you know staying up till two or three in the morning i'll just i'll just mention one other quick thing uh, that i just had on my list to mention um we hadn't uh, mentioned yet uh jack um because she's fairly brief uh returning in this game but at some point very early on, I want to say it's Act One. Um, if not Act One, very early Act Two. You're given a choice, or sorry, an option to like go on the side mission to like go like check this. Uh, uh, what is it? A school or installation yeah, out? It's a school. Um, it's the school, and it doesn't really like kind of like register right away. But then you get there, and it's like a school for like biotics or like gifted kids or like a recovery place. And one of the first people I run into there. And I don't. I, it, this is like before I realized what they were doing. They're kind of like reintroducing you to a lot of the people you know. So then you get there, and Jack's there, and it's like, oh, awesome, we got Jack. So like we're going through, like we're helping them out. And one of the cool things that came back uh, uh, in my game, I don't know if this happened in yours, but it's in that in that installation in that area. 
and there's another character that's in like the kind of like science base there and uh and he says uh i forget the exact numbers but he's like oh he's like oh like 91 squared uh times four the factors of nine are and then shepherd's like 27 and then he's like david so it's david archer from the overlord like the one that had like the tubes like in his mouth and like his eyes like opened and everything like that the one that you saved from his brother well if you were a good person you saved him from his brother <laughs> so he ended up at this like in like installation this like place for like uh, to help like uh, uh you know like biotics and like uh He's like doing really good way. He's recovered, and he's just like regular dude. He's still super smart. So I thought it was a really nice touch that uh, he was uh, he was there in my game. So since you said it made no difference, was he also there in your game? Let's just say he wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I will say though his uh, his brother was around. Um, so I okay. don't remember what mission it is. But there's a mission mm-hmm. where you go and there's like some Cerberus scientists. Oh yeah, that you have yeah. To I definitely, re- yeah. I remember it being very brief though. Like he's like, oh Shepard, and he's like, oh like after what you did to your brother, and he's like, oh I did what I had to do. So like I, I don't think there was any consequence to it, but yeah, his brother I definitely ran into okay, at some yeah. point. Yeah, well on mine he's like you get to talk to him a little bit, like oh well, what happened with the research and everything, and he explains, oh we used it to da 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 da. Unfortunately, David died at some point. <laughs> You're like, oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was it was really cool to see. Uh, well, first of all, to see Jack and have her come back, and then like you know a little bit later in that same area, uh, and also the way they introduced him. It always reminds me of that movie Cube, uh, yeah. uh, where like it's you find cute. out that like the dudes, she's uh, like like it's it's not prime numbers. It's it's factors of a prime. It's impo- It's astronomical. And then the dude, like, in the corner is like, seven, four, eight. It's like, oh, man, human calculator. So it was always cool to have David Archer be that dude who just would, could, like, spit out those, like, those numbers just with that brain of his. So the way they introduced him was so, so cool. So my Jack was very, very different. Because um, I remember the mission you're talking about to save the school kids. And I remember it was very early mm. in the game. And I went, oh, mm. sucks for those school kids. I don't have time to save a school of kids right now. I have to save a whole town of kids. <laughs> so I didn't go visit it. And I remember, I'm like, that's a tough, that's a tough choice. And I, I was like, this game's going to be full of tough choices. So when I went to Cerberus headquarters, like at the end of the game, uh, I was just like fighting Cerberus dudes. And all of a sudden, Jack is there and I'm like fighting her. And she's a boss. Because uh, they've indoctrinated her as the elusive man and sent her against no! me. And I had to fight her. No, and I've never seen well, that. I've never heard I of guess that. in just because, the two. Because she's indoctrinated, like it's not like a cutscene or anything. Like she's just a regular boss fight. Like you don't right. talk to her. You just have to kill her, and you say like a quick like sorry when oh, you're done man. kind of thing and keep moving on. Whoa! But I was like, wow, I, I didn't that's know pretty she was cool at that actually. School until that part so it was really crazy to like see her that late in the game that's such a cool nod to do that because i mean just in the two playthroughs i've had you know back in the day and then now i've i've you know gone to the school both times so i didn't know that was a a difference that's really cool wow that's kind of creepy um yeah Okay, so. But yeah, so that that the only thing I had in my notes to say were that that you know that Overlord throwback uh, in the Jack sequence and my Legion being calling himself not Legion, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that that should take us I think up to like pretty much the, uh, pretty much Act Three, right? Yeah, I think we have to do the quick who did you romance. 
so real fast. So uh, Kelsey, who so, did you knock? Who did you knock boots with? I went back to Liara. So first game Liara, second game Thane, third game Liara. Was she mad at you for like going out on her? No, it was it was. Kind of like the first one where they're like, it's the end of the world. Who knows what's going to happen? So it's like, it's the end of the universe. It doesn't matter what you've done or who you've been with. Like, let's just enjoy this moment. Uh-huh. Bill, I think I already know, but. Yeah, no. Uh, so no romance in the first one. Um, it was Liara in the second, stuck with Liara in the third. I did try to mess around a little bit and I couldn't get it to happen. Um, and I think it was just, I was doing it at the wrong point of the game. Like, you know, you would go up to the captain's quarters and you could go to your computer and it's like, oh, like send this person up. So I sent out like the report. I, I brought the reporter up a bunch just to get like the word out because I thought it would be um, I thought it would be um, like war preparation, whatever the, the number would be. It would just keep going up the more I brought her up there. And it seemed like she was flirting at some point. And I was like, oh, like, I guess maybe that'll be an option eventually. So, like, I kept trying to bring her up to see if, like, that was an option. Uh, it never happened for me. And I thought it might happen with uh, Miranda at the Citadel because you're just like, oh, like, invite Miranda up, like, privately. But, like, it was just, like I said, like, nice conversation, clink of the glass, and, like, yeah, we're good, buddy. So, uh, yeah, it just ended up being Liara in the two and three. Okay. And the third one, um, I hooked up a trainer. So I, I, I had okay. a different love interest in every game, and I had to, I had to break it off with Caden from the first game and let him down, let him down gently. That you know, <laughs> you made the right we, we made we moved in other directions. So uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I guess that sets up the yeah the final confrontation. We have to go to the Cerberus base, and we have to get the VI thing so we can figure out what the heck the catalyst is. And so um, we figure out where it's at. We go there. I mean, I don't know if there's a whole lot else to say, really, about that. We kill Kai Lang. And... Yeah, it's it's very much just kill a bunch of Cerberus dudes. And I think there's a point Jack. where... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I think there's a point that, like, it, like did, did, don't you bring Edie with you? I do think, yeah, you're required yeah, to bring Edie. I think, like, I think, I think Edie's required, and... <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then at some point you at some point Ready you say something you like hack you through the hangar. Yeah, and you're like, oh, like what would happen if we didn't if we didn't bring you? She's like, oh, you'd be dead. So, <laughs> but it like was weird because like it wasn't a choice. So it just, yeah. but yeah, she hacks you through and you get through and you kill a bunch of stuff until you get to the end of it. It's a very very straightforward mission. Yep, uh, kill Kai Lang, uh, and like the elusive man's not there. Uh, but you mm. do end up figuring out like the catalyst is like on the citadel is the citadel right or right. I mean, you don't know what specifically you just like oh it's the citadel is the catalyst mm. and so you know oh i gotta go back to the citadel but um shock among shocks you know it's like this reapers are wise to the game and mm. they've transported the citadel to earth so they can protect it and uh, you can't get to it. And so you have to rally the universe to get the cat, the whatever, the crucible to the, mm-hmm. the citadel and dock it or whatever, right? Yeah. But it's closed. 
and you have to open it up, right? Like, oh, we need, look, the Reapers have closed it. We need it to open so we can dock the thing mm-hmm. and do the thing. And so we're like, oh, what are we going to do? How do we get into it? It's closed. Ah, uh, well, so on Earth, there's this thing that sends, you know, stuff up to the Citadel or whatever. And so we're going to do an <laughs> assault on the thing so we can ride it up into the Citadel. And Anderson's there. And we have a, we're in London, and we have this fight, and of course, the Earth is trashed. And we get to fight through, so, and we get this Before weird... the fight, though, before the fight, I really liked the mood. Like, it's really, like, down. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, we're not going to survive this. And you get to go talk to everybody. Like, you can have a moment with anyone you yeah. want that was that's still alive. Like, Rex is there with the Krogans. You can go chat, and he does this awesome speech with the Krogans. You can go talk to... Edie and Garrus and whoever else, they're all kind of scattered out in the city and you got to hunt for them if you, if you really want to talk to them. But, uh, it, it's really somber and you, you know, yep. something big's about to happen and it's like pitch black, like dark night and all the buildings are rubble and cars are on fire and everything. It's, it's just really cool setting before you kind of engage in the big fight. And you get this weird, let's have a call like yeah. there's like for the people that aren't there there's just a guy and he's like is there basically like anybody you would like to call yeah and like oh, oh yeah. let me talk <laughs> yeah. to jack or i don't remember who it all is right you just like make a phone call and they're like oh it's been good shepherd rock on yeah. do your thing <laughs> it's basically like your parting call and thanks jacob they all say nice yeah. things right yeah you get to see him like oh go do your thing shepherd and so you're gotta go to this beam and you're fighting like crazy, and like right when you get to the beam, like we did skip somewhere earlier, like actually blowing up a reaper. But anyway, um, yeah, it's fine. like there's the reapers you can use the Normandy's targeting system to kill a reaper. Yeah. yeah, right. So anyway, you're going there, and it's like this is it. Like it's all falling apart. It's supposed to be like they're supposed yeah. to take you to the shuttle right to the beam, but the shuttle gets like shot down. And so you're you're going through and you're fighting, and then like as you're getting up to the beam, like a reaper comes down and is like shooting things and like just wrecking everything about killing everybody and like separates folks from Shepard, and Shepard's like beat to crap, but Shepard makes it into the beam, and so then you just suddenly Shepard wakes up and can't really figure out where Shepard is. I'm not going to say he or she because it doesn't matter. Um, but he can, she can talk with um, Anderson. Like, Anderson's there. And I don't even remember how Anderson got there. But anyway, like, maybe <laughs> no, it was already on, they really told on you. already on the Citadel or whatever, maybe. And she's so like, where are you? Oh, I can see this thing. He must have rode the beam. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he was part of the assault to the beam, so I'm assuming he just made it up shortly after you or before you. It had to be before, because he was ahead of you. Like, he could, like, oh, I've seen this, and I see that. Like, every time you're, like, catching up to him. But, like, you wake up, and you just see, like, body parts everywhere. And so you kind of feel like, oh, this is where they're, like, using people for parts. Like, the little workers. That, well, that's, that's what the beam was for. 
it was to send back like dead human parts like to be harvested and like remade into other stuff like that's what that teleportation or that transportation beam was was for so that's why you wake up like among like just human remains yeah it's really like red and dark and like yeah. Shepard's really messed up and like as you try you can't run you're like barely like limping along you can tell Shepard's really hurt you can like raise a mm. gun but like with one hand and not very well yeah this when I played this the originally the first time through like this is when I started to get like a really really bad uneasy feeling that like that I that Shepard was like destroyed and like no matter what happens like I, I remember feeling really really like bad when you know when it, it just because you you're like barely moving like you're like taking half steps and it's yeah it's pretty bad so Shepard is is walking and it's like where are talk, keeps talking with the ants like where are you like oh i see like this light and these things and you just there's like one path you really can't go anywhere else and so you see like mm-hmm. you're traversing this part of the citadel that you've never seen before and if you remember from the citadel like it has the petals of the flower and then there's like the ring and then there's this little platform that comes out from the ring and this little tiny ring that's in the middle and that's kind of where you are in that little ring that's like in the center and so you kind of keep climbing through and eventually you catch up to anderson and they're trying to figure out like how do we open this thing we don't know mm. well, like there's a control panel we don't know what how they have no clue and then the elusive man shows up and he's beat you to the punch again and he's uh, again, like learned this power from the Reapers to like control people through his thoughts. And so he's doing his little talk about things about how ah, we will control the Reapers and we will, you know, become, you know, the most powerful. And, and of course, like Shepard's like, you're crazy. And, and, uh, Anderson's like, you're indoctrinated. They're controlling you and all this and he's not having it right like no and to this point where like he forces Shepard to shoot anderson in the gut and then then you get some choices like with what you say so i'll say my thing and then you guys can tell me how you were stand up like you're you're trying to convince him that he's indoctrinated or at least i did like no you have to understand they're they're letting you think this but they're in control and you're talking talking him through this and he's like no that can't be no and like all i just wanted was you know for humanity and and even anyway on mine eventually at a certain point he turns the he turns a gun on himself and he kills himself so what happened with you guys sarah saris was that the in the first game same thing saren saren thank you yeah yeah, yeah, that is what idea. happened in mine, but I specifically remember not being high enough Paragon or Renegade to have like checks in the conversation. Oh, like were was the because there were options yeah. yep. right for there's like a Paragon Renegade and like it's weird because this happened to me a couple times like very late in the game and I remember this one being one of them and like the Paragon Renegade were both grayed out and I'm like well I thought I was Max Paragon but like maybe it's like I don't know if what it's linked to earlier in the game or like the number of checks you did, but like I didn't get the option, but the conversation went however it went and he did turn the gun on himself. Okay. Um, I had the checks. 
And that's what we're going to get to the ending. And what I found, and I don't know if this part of it is, but like the number of choices you get in the ending is based on your war fighting goal number. Writing this, yep. So I don't know if this is involved either, but I did. I went the renegade thing, basically, you have to stop this, and you're the one that's, you know, they're controlling you, Mm. and, you you know, eventually. Anyway. Right. Um, Whichever way it happens, he must always end up dead, I guess, because it wouldn't make much sense if he wasn't. Um, so right. I, maybe there's other options where you can shoot him or Anderson can shoot him or I don't know anyway, but he's dead mm-hmm. and Anderson is dying and you're like, well, crap, like, I guess we're going to die here. He's like, cause like, we don't know how to open this thing. Um, Anderson's dying and you just kind of curl up like, I guess this is it. Right. I guess this is, we've done the best we could and. Is this the end of the story? But then, like this boy, right, shows up. Uh, I, I, Anderson's dead. Like Anderson dies, and this boy, this child that you've been having these flashbacks and dreams about through the whole game, shows up and starts talking to you, and basically explains that he is the catalyst. He is the AI that the Leviathans had created in the first place to solve the problem of extermination of life, right? And he, he kind of lays it all out for you. Kind of that, again, fills in the gaps, I guess, in case you hadn't already put it together. That, you know, the Reapers have been doing this over and over again, again, to keep AIs from rising and, and wiping out all of life. And they just basically trim it back, and this is the way, this is the only way they could solve the problem until now, right? And now that you're here, though, something has changed. And it's up to you to decide. Nobody's ever made it this far. And now it's up to you to decide, like, how we move forward. And because now, like, you're going to open the thing up and. Oh, that's... I forgot that part, too. Like, the catalyst... Like, you've opened... The thing opens up, and the catalyst docks. Right? Or the... Cru, the or crucible. The crucible. Docks. Yep. With, and it basically is, like, something that hooks onto the citadel. Mm-hmm. Because that's it. Like, it, like, beams you up, and that's when the AI starts talking to you. Right. And, uh... And so it's basically explaining kind of the way things can go. Um... And again, the number of choices you have is dependent on your score. So I'll talk about all the... Because I had all the choices. I think, Kelsey, you said you mm-hmm. didn't. So I'll talk about what the options are. <laughs> so one option is uh, the option that the elusive man was seeking. And that is you can, you can control the Reapers. You can take over their programming. You can command them to do whatever you want them to do. But to do that, you'll basically have to infuse yourself into the system. Like, it will kill you. You'll become one with the system. But then you will take over. You'll be the new intelligence that guides the Reapers into whatever you want them to do. Another option is you can destroy the Reapers. And that's kind of like Anderson's path. That, like, you just annihilate the Reapers, everything ends, the cycle ends, but in the future... Not just the Reapers, you annihilate all, all synthetic, synthetic life. life. 
all synthetic life in the universe will be wiped out. But the cycle can repeat because in the future, he tells you like, hey, look, people are going to do this again, right? So this is, it's going to solve your problem now, but you're going to have to deal with this in the future. You guys are going to have to figure this out. Because um, once you create AIs again, you're going to have this problem. The third option is you can create new life. You can merge synthetic life with uh, AI life into one new type of creature. And that will fuse everything into this new type of life form. Basically an evolution, if you will. And that will break the cycle because there will be no more conflict. Everything will be what. And option number four is the one he doesn't tell you about, but I had to try <laughs> right away. Just really option just like number four shoot is, a bunch? is uh, shoot, shoot the catalyst. <laughs> 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 so, that, I mean, obviously that's the first thing I look at. I go, hey, I've got a gun, and he's right there. What happens if I try to yeah. shoot him? And if you shoot him, he, he basically is like, enough! And then, like, you die, and the cycle ends and what you see is in the future another 50,000 years or whatever there's a recording of Liara that's basically like oh, we couldn't stop oh, the Re yeah. we couldn't stop the reapers in our time and now it's up to mm. you we've put this information together so you can build the the crucible and you can be the ones to stop the reapers um so bad it which that's bad. kind of a cool way to do it though i like that mm. bad ending but then again, it just puts you back and you can load your save and do it again. So, I mean, it's not like final, final. But you do get credit roll. I mean, it's an ending. Um, so then we get to the point of talking about what choice we made. So, uh, Kelsey, I, what happens though is like when at the end, the, with the choices, there's like platforms that come so you could walk across the platforms. But my understanding is if you don't have enough points, you, you can't walk certain paths. <laughs> There's just right and left on my path. There wasn't any up and down platforms. There was like control or destroy. <laughs> and it should have been very obvious to me because it's like blue and red. But I misunderstood the way he was describing it to me. And I walked to the red thinking I was going to the control area. So I killed all the synthetic life. So I like I saved the geth and then killed them right after. And the quarians died because of how I wow. saved the geth. So I did a bad job. Uh, at the end, it just kind of fell apart on me. Okay. Uh, Bill, uh, we'll talk about it because honestly, once this choice happens, I mean, really the prologue, I mean, like the, 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 the it's right. really not very different towards the end. But what choice did you make, Bill? So the first time I played through years ago, I did the uh, synthesize uh, uh, ending where we, you know, kind of merged all life together and, uh, I planned on trying to do the destroy option this time, um, and my uh, I didn't think that my military strength was high enough, um, so I didn't I didn't try. I just did the 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 synthesize. But what was weird about it was I have since found out that even if your score is not high enough, you can still do the destroy option. It's just it will backfire and like destroy like things that you want 
instead of like the uh, the Reapers. Oh. And then if your score is like moderately high, it'll cause some collateral damage. Like some of the Mass Effect relays will go and like some damage to Earth, but it will destroy most of the Reapers still. And then it just kind of changes uh, uh, the Admiral's like uh, post uh, prologue uh, like uh, speech or eulogy or whatever. But I agree with Kelsey. It is not clear which choice you're making and like the first thing i did was like i walked up to the right side because i was like well let me just like see what's over here and the other thing too is like it's it's very tense there's like the dr- it's like just drums bum, bum. going like dun dun bum 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 and it's like oh it's really like here are the 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 consequences everything i've worked for is right here and since you're like still a broken man, it takes like 35 minutes to like walk <laughs> up to the the thing, and you're like half limping. And then I get up there, and there's like nothing to activate. It's like, well, I can't like press a button, or it's okay. So like, it must not be this. But like, come to find out, like you yeah, just shoot sure. that uh that thing, and it's like it just seems so weird to me that like the while the while the VI is explaining the options to you. They're kind of like just showing you like a flash of like the area you have to go to to make that choice, and it's like, well, that's not well, they, in my brain they, still. But they show, yeah, they show Anderson shooting the thing. Right. Yeah, I, it, it was not clear to me. So I ended up doing the synthesize, and then I had that as my ending, and then afterwards, just for fun, I like went back and I like tried to shoot the thing, and like that's how I found out like, oh, it does work, uh, and. Uh, but yeah, it's my. I gotta tell you, the synthesize ending is very bittersweet for me, because I feel like you've been working all this time, and you're 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 fighting for a lot of different you know like races and species and stuff. But like, one of the things that you are trying you're trying to like you know preserve humanity, like save these things. And then when you see everyone, not just with like green glowing eyes, but with like PCB circuits like under their skin. <laughs> If it, it feel it doesn't because when he's explaining it to you, it's like oh, it's it's new light. You're gonna be enhancing. You're gonna be. It's the next evolution, the next level. I think about the movie, uh, the Spike Jones movie with Joaquin Phoenix, her, where like the guy falls in love with the AI, and like the, at the end, again we're in spoiler territory, so we're also in spoiler territory for the movie Her. So I'll give you three more seconds. Two, one. At the end, like the the end is like her, the AI uh, leaving him because like it's ascending to like the next level of, of consciousness of intelligence. And they don't know what that is, but it's, it's another plane that they can like no longer communicate with like people from. And it's, you know, it's bittersweet for him because he's losing uh, this love, but like, it's, it's better for her because she's like ascending. So when the VI was explaining that, I'm like, Oh, like this is like the, this is the next level of life. This is going to be a good thing. And then when you actually see it in the ending, and just all the races are green, and with the thing underneath, it's like, oh, I, I just can't help but feel like we've lost our humanity, or we've lost our, you know, solarianity. Uh, just speak uh, for yourself. I've always wanted to be part NES cartridge inside. <laughs> <laughs> dream. You are a raw at that, heart. Yep, that is the PCB <laughs> that they were uh, that they were referencing when they when they ascended. So. But but yeah, I uh, and and I gotta be honest. The originally when this game first came out, there was a lot of hullabaloo about the ending and how people were upset about it and how you know it didn't seem like the choices made a difference throughout the trilogy like they said it would and blah blah blah. 
And I feel like I was just such a huge fan of the series up to that point. I loved one. I loved two. I almost, I feel like I almost like defended it before experiencing the ending of three. I'm like, well, I'm not going to like just throw it out. And then when like I experienced the ending the first time, I remember, you know, almost like deciding before I saw it, like, you know, I'm going to be good with it. This, this is going to, this is the journey. And it ended and that was it. And I was like, all right, you know, that that's it. Like it was an awesome game, awesome journey. Loved it. The ending kind of like brought me down more this time than the original time. Oh. Now that it's like kind of had time to simmer. And I, I really feel like all that that we went through, we just changed like all the life. And then it's, it, it just feels like it just dropped off for me. So it was, it was a little bit of a letdown more so this time than last time. Well, I'll, I'll talk about my choice and then the ending I got, and then you guys can tell me if your ending was any different. Uh, we'll because I had like max war assets or whatever, right? Because mm. I had done like everything. <clears throat> so I was again. My shepherd was kill the reapers, right? Like this has been the mission the whole time, no matter what. Sure. Stop the reapers. So I went down and did the destroy path and mm-hmm. shot the thing, and you know all synthetic life dies and you get like those pictures of like here's ed and here's legion and here's like oh you killed them all i'm like whatever i don't care uh, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I i killed the reapers that's why i was here that's what yeah. i've been trying to do the whole freaking time so mm-hmm. they die but like of course it like sends out this pulse that that destroys them and it um it looks like it damages the um the mass relays, but mm-hmm. I mean, they're still intact and stuff. I mean, just look like they need repair or something. Mm-hmm. And like the Normandy is flying to like escape like this blast wave that's coming yes, out, like yes. flying, flying really fast and um, lands on this other planet, like this jungle planet. And like they open the door and they're looking out, like, oh, you know, yep. it's. Uh, what's going on? And uh, it sounds like that happens in every ending. And, like Joker yeah. and stuff is there, which is weird because like Joker, they look like satisfied. But I'm thinking like your girlfriend just died. Aren't you mad? Yeah. But anyway, and then well, I don't like watching a video today of all of them back to back. Yeah, they just reuse the same things. And like Bill said, like their green eyes in one, their red eyes in another, their blue eyes in another. They, they keep replaying the same video. They just change really minor things in them. Like, uh, the, like the scene you're talking about where Joker comes out of the ship. Like, Edie comes out with him if you used her a lot. Like, your, your two most used characters pop out of the ship with him, depending on the ending. So you destroyed her, so she can't come out. But if you would have used her a lot and, and done synthetic or control, she would have come out of the ship. Okay. That's why he looks happy because he has to look happy for the times that Edie comes out of the ship. They like use the same animations and, and all the endings. Okay. So um, then it just kind of keeps rolling through things, and then the Normandy flies off of the planet, assuming to go back to Earth or whatever. And uh, and then at the very end, you see like Shepard's leg. Uh, and then, like, at the very end, you just hear Shepard take a breath. And so you're like, you know, Shepard survived the fight. And then it credits. What? 
Oh, everything I watched today and my ending, Shepard died. Like, Shepard did not survive anything. Interesting. My Shepard lived. Like, so I don't know if that's because I had, like, at the all... End. I, like, maybe that's because I had, like, all the war assets and everything, but... Like, yeah, like, I thought I watched all the endings, but like they all had Liara with a plaque and it had Anderson's name already on it, and she put Shepard's name over Anderson's every single ending that I saw today. Well, I don't think they knew Shepard was alive. Like I said, you just see, like, there's rubble and you just see legs, but you can tell they're Shepard because, like, that N7 suit or whatever. And then it's like, just sits for a second and all of a sudden you hear, <gasps> like a. Huh. Like taking a I didn't deep know that was breath. Because mine ended with the old man telling his like grandson like stories about Shepard, and that's how Shepard saved us from the Reapers. And he's like, "Tell me another story, Grandpa." And he's like, "Okay, one more." Right. See, yeah, yeah. I had that part too, but like uh, again, like the very end part, like you see Shepard's body, and then you get that piece, mm. which was funny because I want to mention like you see it's an old man stuff. If you shoot the catalyst and the human beings don't survive, they're like aliens. It's the same thing. They're like, Grandpa, or, or tell mm-hmm. us about whatever. But it's not about the shepherd. It's about these people that came before us that gave us the knowledge we needed to defeat the Reapers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really don't like jumping on the you know the entitlement bandwagon of like oh like you know the all this choice and like you just end up with three of the same ending with different colors um so i I really like i've always tried to avoid that but you know like going through like back to back to back like one two three like playing through like the entire thing and like all the things you go through and the relationships and and things that happen and then for it to end with like all right you know like is it going to be this this or this and like it's a relatively short ending for you know for for this type of game uh like you know i know like you know shooters in particular but like when you talk about like a role-playing game that has like a big massive story you you expect like a good amount of closure 45 minute cutscene yeah exactly like uh you know so like for for you know you make your decision you see like a relatively short cutscene that's like it's it's pretty cool like when you see like the the effects spreading throughout the mass relays and when you see like when you think about how far that is and you think about how fast that's spreading through um and then don't you know, think like, about that because then joker doesn't escape don't don't think yeah about it's going. <laughs> so so yeah just you know and then it's over and then you know they they step out and it's like uh boom and it's just you know i don't know just, there's just something you know, less satisfying to all of the ending options this time around, like having gone, maybe it's just like the back to back to back, but like, it just, it feels well, a little well, hollow. This, yeah. Especially like my know, first flashing time. forward 50,000 years. And I feel similar to how you feel about that too. The, the thing that struck me the most about the game that like deflated it was actually the Reapers. Um, Cause the first two games, like there's a lot of Reaper buildup. A lot of like oh they're coming like they're so powerful mm. and then when they finally show up in three all they do is walk around and shoot laser beams like that's that's their plan like they've had millions of years to yeah. refine how to take care of races and they just walk around and shoot lasers and, like that's so boring yeah. and lame and that's all they can do like it should have been like that extinction event like as soon as they appeared like like we can't survive it's not like 
we have months to build up war assets and, and recruit everybody. Like it should have been over as soon as they showed up. But it okay, was so, so yeah. So like again, you didn't have Javik because Javik explains it early on. It's like it took hundreds of years for them to wipe us out. Like it doesn't happen yeah. quickly. They go in. They, they said that in two, I think that was, uh, or no, one. When you're talking to the the Protheans uh, at the end there, the VI. That just, I don't know, that seems so counterintuitive to what I feel like they built up to that point. It didn't bother me simply because to me, it's not supernatural, right? If you wanted to exterminate life, what would you have to do? Well, you have to go down and just kill everybody. And it would take a long time to kill everybody. I mean, unless you made world, unless you made world sized ships. No, no, no. You just, like, change the atmosphere or something. Like, boom, everyone's dead. Like, there, there's ways they could do it. Heat the planet up for a day. A lot longer than the organisms can handle. Like, there's so many different ways. Now, but stop. Think about what their mission is. Preserve life. They're only there to wipe out the advanced life. Not to destroy the planet. They don't kill everything yeah, that exists that's on the planet. They're just there to wipe out the civilizations. If there's other life forms on that planet that will grow, then they get to mature. But that's not what they do. I, st- I, st- I still feel like if we sat down for ten minutes, we could think up some better ways than the Reapers did over a million years. <laughs> than walking around <laughs> shooting laser beams. I'm just saying, the Reaper's mission is to preserve life. Yeah. Not to be like rapid destruction machines. Right. So I gotta tell you, one of my favorite uh, sound effects in all of games is the sound that a Reaper makes. Just that, like, blaring horn. Uh, and it scares <laughs> the hell out of me every single time if I'm, like, like in or if I'm just, like, scanning. And it's like, oh, bup, 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 they're coming. And I'm like, yeah, but, like, I'm at 75%. Like, I need to, like, find the last Aww. thing in here. And I'm gonna risk it. You do it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So good. I actually never let them catch me in orbit. I don't know if you guys have ever had that happen. If you just die or what yeah, happens? You just game, you just game, game over? Yeah, you just die. Okay. It happened to me once, yeah. Yep. Oh, did you... So another thing I found out... Um, uh, so again, playing on PC, um, you know how when, you, when you're in a place and you're like, okay, like I want to go to this area. So like you get that little animation of like, you know, like the flying up to the mass relay and it's like, you know, boom. And then it just like switches and you're at that. So that's not that's not a loading screen. It's just like a transition. So what happens is when you choose the place you want to go to, during that like transition screen, if you like hold the the analog stick, when it when it flips to like the next screen, like you're already like halfway across like that <laughs> system. Oh. Because, like, you've been there. It's just they're showing you that, that you know, like, screen as a transition. I thought that was kind of interesting. So, I guess now that we've reached the end of this, before we go to Mass Effect Andromeda, which is its own Woo. thing, final thoughts on the series? I'm still, I'm still a big, big fan. I still, I love the universe. I love how deep it is. I love, uh, you know, like there's, there's not a whole lot of worlds that I can like really get into, uh, you know, like, uh, just the world building as far as like, you know, uh, like I feel like, 
you know, the Solarians have a personality, the Quarians, the Turians, like, there's not a lot of games that I can, like, list all the alien races, um, uh, or, or, like, that many of them, you know, outside of Destiny, which, like, I'm, like, a little bit of a lorehound for, so I really, really like, uh, uh, you know, j just the, the world they've created, and, like, when you start getting deep into the lore stuff of Leviathan and, like, the, meat, the you know, the origin of the Reaper and, and stuff like that, like, I still really, really like the universe. I still fully plan on grabbing that uh, N7 uh, sweatshirt at some point. It's usually in and out of stock on the Bioware store. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's still something I really like. Um, and I'm, I'm totally cool being a big, big, big fan of the series and still feeling like the ending of three, like feels a little hollow to me. Uh, so that's, that's just like, you know, the paradox of, uh, of, of me, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm still, I'm thrilled that I played through the whole thing. Um, there was a lot that I forgot uh, especially about three and how massive it is. Like I, I really feel like one is just like four or five kind of like major missions separated by like a handful of side stuff. I was surprised how much I liked the combat in one because I remember it being clunky. But like once I kind of got used to it, I'm like, oh, I love the combat in one. Like get me some ammo types and some sniper rifle and just uh, you know kind of kind of go after it. Uh, two. You know, we talked about uh, when we did our, our show on it, I was surprised, I think me and Kelsey agreed, like, I was surprised at how much of the things that happen in 2 are, like, inconsequential to the overall story. Like, there's some things that kind of, like, creep back up, and it's like, oh, remember that? That was cool. But I think Kelsey was the one who said, if you just played 1, then 3, besides, like, not knowing, like, a handful of people that showed back up, like, you'd have the story. Right. And so, if you played uh, and three, three like I played three, it wouldn't even matter about those people because I didn't have to see Thane or Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's uh, overall. I'm I'm still really glad I played it. A lot of great, great uh, experiences, great memories, some great humor, uh, some you know some sad times with some friends. Uh, you know, moving on, but you know, thankfully, like Morden did it. Uh, he was able to go out on a high note and, uh, you know, yeah. redeem some previous not great behavior and actions. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's still a favorite series of mine. I'm glad we did it. Kelsey, what about yeah, you? Um, one is really special to me. I love the lore in one and how they introduce you to the universe mm -hmm. and all these different uh, species and how even though, like, you can see in the game design how segmented it is, it still kind of feels bigger than the games actually is by design uh it's got like i still think the best set pieces in like all those missions there's only the five the five like actual missions you have to do but they're all awesome they're all memorable they're all really cool yep. you you don't know yet that your your decisions aren't going to pay off like you think they are so they still feel really grand at the time and so one one's my favorite by far i i love a lot about mm -hmm. one um, I don't care about the combat in really any of them, and one's the one I feel the most comfortable with, so I, I like the gameplay in one a little more than two and three. Um, like Bill just said, I think you can literally cut two out and still understand a very coherent story with one and three. Um, you'll just miss like some character moments, not story moments, just character moments. <laughs> um, so, so two, yeah, I, I don't really care for. I, I can take it or leave it. 
three had a bit more of what I liked about one with some of the lore coming back. Uh, obviously, I need to play some of that DLC, so I, I might try and score a cheap copy of the Legendary Edition down the road some point and try out because uh, Leviathan sounds awesome. I think I would love that part, and Citadel sounds very yeah. silly too. Um, so and Javik, like Javik sounds awesome. I want to play through the game with him just to get those yeah. moments that you guys are talking about because I remember having moments like that with some of the characters in the previous games, and they they do make it really special. So I want to play three again uh, with the extra stuff. Uh, it had some other really great set pieces in it that I missed that two didn't have at all. Like Palavin was awesome. Earth at the end was really cool. Uh, like learning about uh, how the the Asari were like hoarding uh, Prothean technology for years and nobody knew. Like <laughs> lots of cool stuff in three. That, um, even though the ending maybe didn't stick it, uh, the the journey there was better than two. Not not up to one for me, but uh, still pretty solid. And I'm actually honestly really excited about Andromeda. Just having like a whole new take. Uh, with you know that kind of like frontier exploration kind of theme to it uh, is kind of intriguing. And I, I understand the knocks uh, about the ending of three, but I'll be honest, the I don't knock it that the the cutscene at the end is kind of what it is because I think you're playing through the ending the whole time and so i don't count that last couple minutes of video as the ending i count like that whole piece that you're doing right and you're just walking your way through it and you've got some agency in it so i don't i know they had to wrap this thing up i was again since i didn't go with any other paths i was very satisfied Mm. with my ending right because Mm. the entire series one two and three what was my shepherd always focused on destroy the reapers and what did i get to do at the very end destroy the reapers right (laughs) the mission was successful and i got things done the way that they should have gone for me so having not messed with the other ones i'll feel bad about them um again if i had played through this two or three times it's kind of like what i think billy you said earlier like this is my playthrough right I don't need to worry about, oh, that the other endings are the same thing, because those weren't my endings, right? This was my ending. Um, Mass Effect 1, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it in Legendary. Um, It fixed some of the problems, I think, that originally had, and was very enjoyable. 2, I think we said last time, I was surprised I had remembered it being the highlight, and it wasn't as much for me this time around. And 3... I've always loved playing 3. 3 is just... The combat's really well-defined. The writing is top-notch. The interactions with your characters are great. And it does a perfect job of wrapping up that storyline right i don't with all the dlc with levi and everything there was no loose ends right i i, I had yeah. closure on on all that storyline and then again at the end hey shepherd lived so maybe a mass effect mm-hmm. 4 i'll get to find out what happens with shepherd wouldn't that be nice um, who knows maybe maybe they'll go a different way maybe. i hope they do i'm i'm satisfied with that story i'm, I'm happy to move on to a totally different area Right. different time different place yeah. something yeah 
I don't know if we'll ever get Andromeda 2, but we'll talk about Andromeda here at some point. But um, been four years since I played through Andromeda. I'll be interested to go back and, and remember the story. I remember not hating it like as much as everybody else did. So um, uh, we'll see kind of how that holds up. But um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I think it was very well done. This Legendary Edition was really, really well done. And I hear it sold gangbusters way more than I thought it did. And so good. Maybe EA will pay attention and get the next Mass Effect right. Um, So, um, leading that into that. So, uh, listeners, I hope A, you enjoyed the talk. Um, And B, we're going into Andromeda. And Andromeda is probably dirt cheap. Uh, at this point in time. So if you want to play along, grab a copy. Uh, if you're on Xbox and you want to play some multiplayer, hit me up. Um, let me know. Hit me on Twitter. I'll, I'll play some rounds with you. It's, it's fun. I'm having a good time with it. Um, and before we say goodbye, anything else you guys want to put in or you think we're good? I got everything I needed out. I think we're probably good. Yeah. So we'll say goodbye I- to Shepard for now. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch everybody next time. really long.